Nerds, the Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hi. It feels like so long. Like I was a full year younger the last time you guys heard from me. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> well, my name's Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And you were a full year younger. Yeah. yeah. No, that's no. not how time works. <laughs> it's exactly how time, not works. how time works. That's literally how time works. You were 30 years, 11 months, and two weeks. Yeah. And now you are like 31 years and, and like one two weeks. day. Like, it's just, shut up. Like, it's just not how time works. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to tell you to shut up. <laughs> but uh, we... <laughs> I've had half a glass of wine. We have... So handsy. We have... Okay, we've uh, uh. I have I have consumed a lot of stuff, so I've got a lot of things. To talk oh about. yeah, I think we're all consuming a lot yeah. of stuff tonight. Uh, yeah. uh, Give me another one. Yeah, I've literally done nothing for the last two weeks. I've literally done nothing but work. I had this huge project. It's finally done. I feel really happy that it's over. So now I have time to do stuff, but. At the same time, I have, I have. You don't want to do I have, anything. I have literally nothing. So while we were doing, before we started recording, um, we did our sound check as we always do, um, and so, and so the boys were like, "But like, what did you do?" And I was like, "Well, like I woke up." He was like, "You surely you must have done something." And I'm like, "Well, Sunday I woke up, and I took a nap, and I woke up, and I did some laundry, and then I took another nap, and I woke up and I watched." 20 minutes of a Bob's Burgers episode. So that is the one thing I can talk about. <laughs> the one piece of new media that I've consumed this week, or this past two weeks, is that one 20 minutes of Bob's Burgers. Let's talk Bob's about Bob's Burgers. Burgers yeah. I fucking love Bob's Burgers. It's I really just want to go on record as saying I fucking love Bob's Burgers. It is truly the spiritual successor to Simpsons. May you rest in peace. Um, I remember when they were on the air. <laughs> we always make that joke. I do, but we, it's we, we make that joke to like funny to me. every single time we talk about The Simpsons. Like, remember when The Simpsons was on? Anyway, um, fuck Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Bob's Burgers is where it's at. Bob's Burgers. Oh my god, I feel <laughs> like I need I need a soapbox. All right, let's and a megaphone right now. Well, you have a seat and a microphone. <laughs> yeah, so. I'll make do. Okay. We don't have two turntables, but we've got one. I can <laughs> hook something up for you. Two turntables and a microphone. All right. So one of the things that's really beautiful about Bob's Burgers is they're all fucking weirdos. And um, who Movie Bob on YouTube did this really beautiful video essay on why Bob's Burgers is so great. And one of the things that he pointed out was that um, usually when we're presented with weird and eccentric characters, they're allowed to be weird and eccentric because they have some amazing, awesome ability that they can lord over everybody. So think about this is like your Sherlock's, your doctors. They're people that are like, they're they're weird and eccentric and off-putting, but they have some genius level IQ or Elise understanding. Elise is referring to Doctor Who for those of you oh, who are yeah. not oh. I thought you were talking about uh, House. Oh yeah, well, hey, House. Too. House also falls under the mm-hmm. Sherlockian kind of genre of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no, no. So they're allowed to be eccentric. They're allowed to be weird because they have some sort of like extraordinary gift to give to humanity. And that's not the fucking case with Bob's Burgers. <laughs> like those people are weird and they're eccentric and they're fucking average. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because they're just allowed to be weird and eccentric and average. They don't have to like, Gene doesn't have to be the next, you know, um, Frank Zappa. He doesn't <laughs> have to be, you know, like... Tina doesn't have to write the next like Twilight series or whatever. 
Bob's burgers are, you know, they're good and they're decent, but he doesn't need to be a successful restaurateur. Yeah. Like they're just fucking weird and they love each other and they're just allowed to be weirdos. And it's goddamn beautiful. I'd <laughs> say that they're slightly above average in all the things that they're, that they're good at. Like they're all kind of Tina like. Tina is above average in holding butts? Yeah. Okay. No, I was thinking. I was thinking mostly okay. of her writing. Like she, her writing is probably like she it seems to be fairly talented with her writing for a girl of her age. Like Jean seems to be fairly talented with music. Bob, we know like from the reactions of people in the show, like Bob does make a really excellent burger. But yeah, their talents don't make them successful. I yes. think is the big part yeah, of that. Yeah, that's true too. Is that they don't become like they're not recognized for their genius. Yeah. They're like they are slightly above average in one thing. One incredibly niche thing. So yes. it's not like like Sherlock who is at his mind palace or the <laughs> doctor and his like sonic screwdriver. It's like Bob makes a really mean burger. Yep. End of list. <laughs> like and it, they just they love each other, they accept each other. Bob's fucking bisexual. Can we talk about that? Yeah. If you want Bob to. Belcher is bisexual. So, like, represent, homie. <laughs> represent. And, like, a lot of people are like, what? And I'm like, it's in the Thanksgiving episode. Um, turkey in a can. Turkey in a can. Where Bob uh, unknowingly keeps dropping the turkey in the toilet every night when he sleepwalks. Because he's dreaming about the time that he had to potty train Tina. Because he's such a beautiful, involved father. But anyway, so, like... The guy, the guy at the meat counter at the grocery store that he keeps going back to kind of mistakens him for flirting. And he's like, all right, no, we should just do this. We should just do this. The guy behind the counter is like, here's my phone number. And he's like, oh, uh, I don't know. I've got a wife and kids. Oh, uh, I also you're way out of my league, which means he fucking thought about it. And mm -hmm. I think it's been confirmed by the creators. Yes. Like Bob is bisexual. All hail Bob. <laughs> you know, he fucking loves marshmallow. Oh my God. There's a, there's a, a, my favorite fucking quote. I, I just love it every time Bob talks about Marshmallow. What, um, like the confection? No, there's a character named Marshmallow. Oh, okay. Who's uh, a, who's a transvestite. Ah, okay. Or, I don't know. I don't know. Their gender is, that, is never is, really stated, but there's one point in it where, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, where they, they said there is like a, is that the one where where Linda thinks she's psychic? Yeah, Linda thinks she's psychic. And she's like, a tall, dark, handsome stranger will walk through the door. And then Marshmallow like, comes, comes in. in and it's like, hey, Bob. <laughs> and, and, there, they, and Linda takes this as being the sign that she was right. And Bob's like, well, no, Marshmallow's not handsome. She's beautiful. <laughs> because Bob recognizes people's pronouns. And Bob uses pro like people's pronouns as they want, them, want him to. Bob is wonderful. Anyway, so yeah, no, that that happens. It's like Marshmallow just goes where she wants. <laughs> he's like, he's really obsessed with Marshmallow. Um, there's like another episode when he drives a cab. This is in the first season. He drives yeah. a cab. That's where Marshmallow is introduced. Yeah, yeah. To earn extra money for Tina's 13th birthday party. And um, which also just, uh, yes. Okay, Simpsons did it first, but I don't care. Anyway, but so he ends up like buying... He, he ends up becoming the um, taxi, the cab driver for these three um, F MTF male to female uh, prostitutes. Um, and he just loves and accepts them. And they teach him how to be a better father. And they teach him how to be a better <laughs> father. And he's like, he's pro sex worker and pro transgender. And like, and I, but at one point he's like, and I think I might be a pimp. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, he helps them get clients. 
you know, he doesn't shame them. <sighs> Just Bob Berger. Bob Berger? His last name is Berger, isn't it? That's also a quote. So it should be Berger. Um, but yeah, Bob Belcher and the Belcher family. And we haven't even touched, we haven't scratched the surface of how amazing like Linda and Louise and Tina and Jean are. Um, I know the show gets a lot of flack because like two of the male or two of the female characters on the show are voiced by men. But if you notice, they also they play around a lot with gender. Yeah. Um, so there are like uh the The twins. The the pesto twins are voiced by Sarah Silverman and her sister. So for me, it's like it, they, they play around with gender in a very intentional way, which is which is awesome. All right. Just, yeah, fucking Bob's Burgers. Everybody should watch Bob's Burgers. Get the Bob's Burgers cookbook. Oh, God, the cookbook's and, amazing. Oh, my God, the cookbook. The fucking cookbook. Isn't like, you, you were, like, yeah. one year making, like, a burger every, every week. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. kind of stopped doing that. We've it, was it. it was a lot of burgers. It was a lot of burgers. But they were really good. We got good. very fat. Because we also <laughs> I, learned how to make our own fries. Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> it, was, it was good. It just wasn't good for us, probably. Mm. There is like a salmon burger in there that is amazing. Yeah. You like put it on a biscuit. It's great. The turkey anyway. burger was pretty good, too. Anyway. Oh. Um, Bob's Burgers. Yes. First in our hearts. So uh, I, I think I'm going to take it from here. All right. So I... <laughs> I was just like a 20 minute rant. Speaking yeah, that, that of fine. Speaking of pro sex work. Pro sex work. Uh, okay, that sounds like a transition to something. And movies. Speaking of transitions. <laughs> I'm sorry. Movies no, that we watched. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Are we going to start with that? Because I kind of want to talk about a good movie first. <laughs> Wait, what is this movie? This you was the referring to? Okay, this was a movie that I, one movie that I watched one night while you were late at work. Oh, God. Um, I am th- never working late again. This was the movie I talked to you about it. I don't think you would. It was right. mute. It was the. It's the uh, Netflix original that's by uh, the same guy that directed Moon. Oh God. Yeah, it uh, wasn't as good as Moon. I <laughs> thought it was okay. So. It was okay. Uh, well, are there I, sex workers? Is that yeah. why you were like speaking kind of sex workers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are. Oh yeah, there they're are. Ma- they're a major there part are. of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't know. I'm. I, I did you watch the same movie? I did? no, I did. I just I didn't think the same things. But I don't okay. want to. I want to talk about some other movies before we get into those. Okay, I think that's going to be what takes we, up we the will, bulk we of will our time. We will waste. We will. We will tear up this transition. This segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and, a really good segue, but <laughs> like so I kind of want to save it so for the good. end because I can I, go back to talking about Bob's Burgers. Uh, which I love it. <laughs> I feel like there's like Welcome nothing to... for you guys to contribute. It's just like yes, Bob's Burgers is good. Well, Shut up. I, I haven't seen Bob's Burgers, so I can't. Oh my god! What? Yeah. Oh my god, Alex. Yes. Oh my God, Alex. Throw it on the pile. Yes. Throw it on the pile no, of things no, that no, Alex will no, ever no, watch. No, no, no. This is this is not one of those things. This is this is. I am half tempted to stop recording right now and make you go watch a bunch of episodes. Like what the f- what? You're just staying late tonight, and we're watching a couple of Bob's Burgers episodes on Hulu. I will give you my Hulu account information. Like oh, yeah, you need to fucking yeah. No, it's not on Netflix yeah. anymore. But all the seasons are on Hulu. You're, you're fucking watching this. Because you would love it. You would love it. You would love it. I'm you sure love I family. might. Yeah. Um, s- Whatever. It's uh, In other news, Alex is staying late tonight. <laughs> okay. He's going he's gonna to watch some episodes with us. I mean, right. I don't have to work tomorrow. I yeah. think you guys we, might. We both have Fuck to that. work in the morning. <laughs> Fuck that work thing. Uh, <laughs> this is more important. This is, this is kind this of important. Is Bob's Burgers. So, What's a good introduction episode? I'm uh, sorry. The first episode? Sheesh Cab Bob, I think. Sheesh Cab. We'll watch Sheesh Cab Bob before you leave tonight. <laughs> okay. That's the one with the prostitutes. Yeah, that one's um, good. That one, you'll love that one. Or, and then it's such a good... or Alex would also probably appreciate the... Um, Aquestronauts episode. The Aquestronauts, episodes. yes. Yes. 
Yes. It's like another example of just how amazing of a father Bob is. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes undercover at an equestronaut uh, convention it's, to help. It's BronyCon. Yeah. Okay. He goes he goes undercover at BronyCon to help uh, Tina get her toy back. Mm. It's great. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Uh, so good. So we're going to watch those two episodes and then you yes. can go home. So. Fun. I'm being held against my will <laughs> if you are in the... <laughs> Whatever. By the time you listen to this podcast, he'll like already be on his way home, probably. Probably. So well, like, don't I mean, even worry about you, it, people. By the time they listen to don't, it, Alex just, has to go home to upload it. Don't, like... Yeah, exactly. So, like, don't feel bad for Alex. He's like, ugh, being held hostage, being held against my will. Like, no, he's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, now that incriminating evidence is over, yep. Nick, did you want to talk about something? Yeah, actually, uh, as I mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I I had a birthday. Half a glass of wine. Yeah, you had an have entire the other glass of wine. Glass since since have the other I half already. Some more wine. No, I think you're good. Uh, I know. It's, I, it's, it makes me fun. <laughs> it's also Bob's Burgers quote. Yes, anyway, go on. Yes. Um. So I had a birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. He's I, 31. I'm 31. He's super old. I'm super old. I'm thinking old. about dumping him. Yeah. He's like really Trading old. Trading in for a younger model. 31. I'm basically dead. He's <laughs> one foot in the grave. <laughs> um, so Elise, as we mentioned, was busy with work. So on my actual birthday, like she didn't get home until like really late. So I treated myself to a day out. And one of the things that I went to go do was I went to go see uh, Annihilation. Which was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, You told me about yeah, that. Yeah, I really want to talk about this movie because hardly anyone is talking about it. Um, everyone needs to be talking about it. Yeah, this this was a movie that I had heard a lot of, like, not heard a lot about, but what I heard was all good stuff. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah and it's, um, and I'm kind of going to be, I, I watched the Red Letter Media, did their re- re- review of it the other day. I'm probably going to be saying a lot of the same things that they did about this, but... The big thing that I want to start with is for a year where we're talking, like in the last few years, we've been talking so much about representation in pop culture and representation in media. Mm-hmm. This is a movie with nary a white dude in sight and Yay. no one is talking about it. <laughs> like, Boo. Boo this, to no one talking about this, it. Yay yeah. to the fact that it was This made. is, it's a movie, It's it stars a group of intelligent women of various races and sexual identities. Uh, Making sweet, sweet love in the apocalypse. Not no, exactly. not really. No, I'm just um, there, there is some sex, <laughs> uh, but not among the leads. Um, then there's there are male supporting characters. One of them is Oscar Isaac. So not white. And like none of the other male characters who I can think of that are named are actually I, white. This is going to sound shitty. I, Oscar Isaac isn't white. He's like Hispanic. Can we look this up? Can we I'm get confirmation? Sure. I don't know who this person is. So I really uh, he was Poe po Dameron. Dameron in oh, okay. uh, The Force Awakens. So anyway, the, while they're looking it up. So in any event. So this, it's a movie. It's really smart. Um, it deals with a lot of really heavy themes. And like, if I really wanted to go into it, I'd have to delve deep into spoiler territory. He's Guatemalan. Guatemalan. There you go. Um, not white. Not, not, not Caucasian. Anyway. No, like Hispanic. Not Caucasian. Um, so this is a movie about like loss and it's a movie about betrayal and 
like change how these things kind of affect your identity. Uh, at least that's kind of what I got out of it. It's very much up for interpretation. I, I really, really loved it because it melds art house and science fiction in a really beautiful way, in a way that I haven't seen since like Soviet science fiction movies of the 1970s. Mm. Like it reminded me a lot of Solaris and, um, and Stalker, both of which were directed by, uh, Andre. Oh gosh. I looked him up earlier and I can't remember. Andre Tarkovsky, I think is his name. Um, but it reminds me even more of the book that Stalker was built on, was built based off of Roadside Picnic, which is probably one of my favorite novels ever. Um, it's not a remake. It's not a reboot of anything. It's not a sequel. Uh, it's based off of like a real like literary novel, and it stars people who like <laughs> are not like you know they're they're women and they're people of color, and it's they're smart characters and uh, the, the weakest part of it was Natalie Portman's performance, <laughs> but she was still pretty good in it for most of it. Um, so do you want to try to give like I, a, without spoilers, I, without like spoiling, back of the box okay. style of introduction. If I had to, okay, first of all, pause, pause this podcast, <laughs> go to YouTube and watch the trailer for it. All right. And realize it tells you nothing about the film. All right. Now that you're back. Okay, the movie is nothing like what you just watched. Um, basically, the trailers for this movie, they take the two scenes where characters fire guns and they turn it into like a, a five-minute trailer. When most of this movie is these characters talking with each other and like discovering things and thinking through problems. Um, but essentially, the, the source... The, the, the movie is about... All right. Natalie Portman is a cellular biologist who works for John Hopkins University. Uh, her husband, Oscar Isaac, is a soldier, like some sort of like special ops kind of guy. Uh, and apparently like they met in the military. So Natalie Portman's character was also formerly a soldier, which explains away the one stupid thing that you see in the trailer where she's down in a crouching position firing the gun. It's like, oh, no, she's she is a biologist, but she's also a like former military. Veteran, yeah. So it's like she knows how to actually use this weapon. So it's not just stupid, no reason for it. Shoot, shoot gun movie. It's not a shoot gun movie. There's like two scenes of shooting guns. <laughs> um, but Oscar Isaac goes on this mission uh, and he is presumed dead. He's gone for a year. Uh, and so Natalie Portman is kind of having to live her life without him. Then one day he suddenly reappears no memory of who he is or why he's there or anything like that. He just kind of finds his way back to their house. And so they are talking and Natalie Portman's trying to figure this out. He starts uh, like bleeding and convulsing. And so she calls 911. Uh, they get run off the road by these black SUVs and taken into custody and taken to this secret military slash scientific installation. Uh, where it turns out that several years ago, something fell from space in this, uh, I think they say it's a national park or something like that. Uh, and this thing that looks kind of like a, a big goofy soap bubble has expanded out from beyond where this thing has fallen 
And the people there are referring to it as the Shimmer because it's, it's just like it's all shimmery and wavy and weird looking. And things that they send in there never come out, except for Oscar Isaac. And so they're like, what the hell? We need to study this guy. Uh, and Natalie Portman falls in with a group of other people who are about to go in, all of whom are women, to explore this place. Uh, and she's like, well, what the hell? My husband is dying. I thought he was already dead. Uh, and the, the key to saving him is probably in this thing. So I'm going to go with you. And that's like the first half hour or so of the movie. That's the setup. That's the setup. Like, and it's, and it just gets crazy from there. And I don't really want to spoil anything else. Cause like what happens once they get in there is very like mind bendy, um, intellectual kind of science fiction, which you hardly ever see. Uh, uh, like I said, it really reminds me if you've ever seen the original Solaris or the original stalker, which probably no one has or has read, um, roadside picnic picnic. It's very much this kind of thing. It, it, probably the closest thing to it in American cinema is like the last, like 20 minutes of 2001, a space odyssey. <laughs> gotcha. Um, if that was stretched out to three and a half hours, mm. that would be kind of an, uh, an Andre Tarkovsky movie. This movie is not that long. It's like less than two hours. It has a lot of things to talk about, and but it gets in there. It tells its story, and it gets back out. Um, and right. and the the studio is trying to bury it everywhere except for the United States. It was released straight to Netflix, but it's probably going to be one of the best movies of the year. Okay, is it on Netflix now, or no. is it? Okay. If you're in Australia, yes, it's on okay. Netflix now. If you're in the United States, no, it's it's, it's I, still in theaters. I think as of. Two weeks ago, okay. it was still in theaters. So it might not. Yet. It might not be anymore. Although I was surprised at how many people were in the screening I went to go see, because I saw it like in the middle of the day on a Saturday, mm. and there were. I was expecting that I would be the only person in the theater, but it was mostly filled. Okay. So it's getting more press than I thought it would, but I mean, it, for what it is, and for like what that means, it's surprising how little attention it's getting. All right. Well, uh, sounds like a good review there. Yeah. It has the worst title of all time, which I think probably <laughs> doesn't help. No. Annihil uh, Annihilation is a terrible title. But I don't – based what? on, like, the themes of the movies, I don't know what else I would call it. Oh, uh, yeah. So you don't have any other names to call no, it? No, I, I don't have a better name for yeah. it. Like, that's the, the really – The Shimmer. The <laughs> Shimmer. Um, apparently, it's part of a trilogy of novels. Okay. Um, they're all called the Southern Reach Trilogy because I think that's the name of the – the military base is mm. Southern Reach. Um, but, yeah, Annihilation is a terrible name for a movie. It sounds like the most generic, like, <laughs> sci-fi action movie ever. And like I think... Armageddon. Armageddon. Or, you know... This sounds like something where, where Jason Statham is punching dudes <laughs> on, a on a space station. But it's, like, not that all at it all. Like, it is... Station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the sequel Coming. to Bill and Ted's Bogus <laughs> Journey, Station. I'd watch that. <laughs> With Jason Statham? No, with Station. Yeah. Sta with Jason Statham as Station? As Station, yeah. Okay, no, I'd watch that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was one of the things that I did. Uh, I also finally was able to get a PlayStation 4. So, hey. get, ready, get ready for me to stop talking about Dark Souls and start talking about Bloodborne, guys. Yay! <laughs> I'm actually kind of more interested in Bloodborne. Bloodborne's real good. I haven't beaten it yet. I've, I've barely... Like, it's way harder no. than Dark Souls because I'm used to... Like, it's really weird because the games are almost identical, 
but there's like just slight little differences in design that make it way way more difficult and elise is making a face but you talked for bob's burgers for like 20 minutes that's the thing everybody enjoys (laughs) except for alex who doesn't know that he isn't going to enjoy it i mean that's that's the that's true for dark souls i mean i mean like i said i am interested in in seeing more about bloodborne because it just don't don't encourage him stop it Stop it. It's not Dark Souls. Stop it. <laughs> Bloodborne. It's, oh my it's, god. Have you born. seen it? It's Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark, it's Dark, Dark Souls. Souls with like this weird Victorian skin on it. It's yep. a Lovecraftian it's version. Lovecraftian, of it. yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, stop arguing with um, me, both of you. <laughs> considering... Make it more wine. This is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. All right. Um so so yeah, so that's that's a good movie. Um and a good thing to have. Yep. Um, speaking of movies that you went to see oh. in theater. Wait, what else did we go see in theater? Oh, I went to go see a movie in theater. Oh, yeah, you went to go see a movie I went to go theaters. see a movie in theaters um, that, yeah, I was, <laughs> that was um, not as crowded as Annihilation was, apparently. When I went to go see because I went to go see A Wrinkle in Time. Really? That that had less people. I, I mean, it, I went to a matinee. It, but, well, okay. I went to a matinee, too. It yeah. was the middle of the day. I know. It was, I think it was <laughs> like. It's a movie. Yeah. Like, you would think that there would be people that yeah. would go. I don't know. I mean, there I, were people. Yeah. It wasn't crowded, though, but yeah, there were still this people. This place wasn't super crowded. It was just, it was, there were more people in there than I was expecting. Like I said, gotcha. I was expecting to literally be the only person in the theater. Gotcha, gotcha. And when there were, like, two other couples in the theater when I walked in, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not going to be watching this movie by myself. <laughs> I was, because I didn't know. And then what he was a little disappointed when he saw the Gina Rodriguez, uh, Natalie Portman scene. He was a little um, sad that he was watching it by, wasn't watching it by himself. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was mostly that I, I was worried the movie was going to suck because ah. it had a terrible title. And that, like I said, the trailer looks really bad, looked really bad, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting like, I would get really bored with it and it wouldn't be as good as it was being hyped up to be. Okay. And that I just wanted to riff on it the entire time. But it was actually good, so it was fine that there were other people. Am I allowed to make that joke about you? Now I'm realizing that I made a really off-color joke. No, I don't think anyone else. No one else realized it. All right, then. Never mind. Um, So talk to us about A Wrinkle in Time. I kind of want to go see it. Yeah. Yeah, And I did not read the book when I was a kid. You did not read the book? Mm -hmm. All right. The book was kind of my jam when I was a kid. It was... uh, we. You seem like a Wrinkle in Time kid. I I guess, okay. (laughs) That's your weird. Okay. It's like you, you didn't read the Chronicles of Narnia. You didn't. Re- I did yeah. read the Chronicles. You're not a Christian, and you're very weird. Okay, but you're not so like anti-Christian that, that you, you read uh, his dark, dark materials. materials. Yeah. Um, which is actually funny. I found out that which, the which... author of A Wrinkle in Time is actually a Christian. Yeah, that's supposed to be like her view of Christianity. Yeah, that in, was that was the uh, weird thing. A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. So. I didn't realize that when I was a kid, of course, because uh-huh. it's not very obvious. Like, like you, Narnia, you you kind of get. I it. mean, there's Lion Jesus. Yeah, yeah. you kind of get it after a certain age. You kind of yeah. understand the allegory. Wrinkle in Time, it's it's ambiguous enough. Yeah. To the point where I think anybody could really appreciate it. Uh, at least the first book. Which is La- later adaptive. books get sorry. Later books get a little bit more, but the first book, at least in the second book, I think are yeah. okay. I was just going to say, like, I, all I know about this is, like, the NPR article that I read about it. Ah, gotcha. Um, talking about Wrinkle in Time and then talking about the new His Dark Materials series, which is the BBC's oh, one. Yeah. And what so they're comparing the two, art- uh, the, the two authors. There's, going to, there's a new adaptation. His Dark Materials? That's we'll talk to Compass, it after. Subtle we'll f- Night. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
We'll talk about it after um, after you talk about okay. Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. So, yeah, Wrinkle in Time. Um, like I said, read it as a kid, enjoyed it. The sequels get a little Christian-y. One of them, like, the characters go back in time and meet Noah. It's... Aww, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that was a little weird, but the, the first book is good. And this movie, <laughs> fossils are a hoax, kids. <laughs> she's no. not that I kind know, of Christian. I know, she's, I know. She's, I'm just, she's I'm... very, like, pro-love, pro-body, pro-pleasure. I, I know. You I'm know, just she's being. Just, they're not all crazy. I know. Okay? Hashtag, we're not all crazy. Okay. Anyway, move on. Okay. Moving on. So, Moving on. but yeah, no, I had kind of forgotten it was a Christian story. I guess it's a Christian uh. story. Uh, until I saw the ads. Uh, the ad- so I, I just want to talk briefly about the advertisements that preceded this movie okay. <laughs> because they were very schizophrenic. <laughs> so we had uh, ads for Romeo and Juliet two. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Sherlock, Sherlock gnomes. Yeah, Sherlock, Sherlock gnomes. gnomes. Um, All the gnomes go missing. <laughs> Your mom was very excited about that. <laughs> My mom apparently really loves. She told us that she watched Romeo and Juliet. She was like, "I watched the first thirty minutes and then the last thirty minutes, but it got really weird in the middle. I had to turn it to something else." Okay. <laughs> anyway, I am um, my mother. So, um. <laughs> so there was that advertisement. There was Hotel Transylvania three. Oh shit! There's a third one. There's a third one. It's on. Our, they're on a cruise. Why are they on a cruise? I don't know. There's so many unanswered questions here. Um. Okay. Well, you have to go buy a ticket to find uh, out. Yeah. I didn't even see one and two. Do you think so, I'll be able to catch up on three? Do, one do you think one was okay. Uh, I, I heard it was actually two. good. One I, was all right. I, I don't like Adam Sandler. I, I don't like him when either. He's being, I like him. I loved him in Punch, Punch Drunk Love, you know, because I'm a red-blooded American. Um, yeah, when he's like not. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, when he's being directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, he's not terrible. Yeah. But when he's left to do like his when he's left to his own devices, he's like a like a teenager. Like if you leave him alone and let him do what he wants, it's like eh. But like, you know, you could probably Yeah, I have heard a lot of people who don't like who don't like him still thought Hotel Transylvania was a good movie. Yeah. Okay. At least the first one. I've I've never seen this I haven't seen the second one. I think the second one's on Netflix actually. They have a baby. Yeah. And they're like nineteen. Like what the hell are they doing? Well, they're they like threw a, their lives away. hundred and nineteen. Okay, well what? she's he's like <laughs> 20 or something and what? she's like an immortal vampire but it's still gross and weird <laughs> okay because they're just it's babies raising babies that's all i'm trying i to mean say. it's the plot of twilight it's, but... yeah yeah which is also gross <laughs> and weird I, I don't see how you're you're contrarying my point here so so those are the first two ads and then we had god's not dead oh my god, really? <laughs> oh my god is there a third one yes there's a third one. Oh my god. i didn't know it was a third one it didn't say god's no, no, not dead it, three there is, there is one and two there okay. is one and two this is like so this a is netflix original that's coming oh my, out. Oh my god. god really yeah Oh, baby, we need to get a drinking game. Fire. <laughs> baby, Hello. we need to get a drinking game together for God's Not Dead I, Three and host so, and host a movie see, night. Here's the thing: I don't know how entertaining those movies will actually be to watch. Like I've seen people talk about them, mm-hmm. and they sound super boring. Like like well. They, they're, they're entertaining to hear people bitch about them, but mm. I don't know if they're one of those things where it'd be entertaining to actually like sit down and watch it. But it might be something to talk about for the podcast. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. The War Room. Oh, that was God. like another one. No, fuck that movie. Fireproof, Fireproof. Is, also, is also... They're, they're all made movie. by the same company, I think. They're, there's just this like one company that's convinced that there are no Christian movies. <laughs> you know, because Passion of the Christ wasn't a thing. 
It's not like they've made the nativity story yeah, because, into like 50 million things. Yeah, Mel Gibson is super not a pariah yeah. these days. <laughs> like seriously, like they're, it's like when, to me, and this is somebody who like grew up Christian, to me when Christians complain about like a lack of representation, it's like white men being like, why is there no white male network? It's like, it's called Fox News. Shut up. Like, <laughs> you're good. You're covered. All right. So, so yeah, so we had first two ads, kids' movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. The God's Not Dead. Okay. Uh, then it went to Illuminations remake of The Grinch. Okay. Starring <gasps> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. yeah. That looks like so it's going to be awful. Uh, Benedict, no, Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Yeah. And well, those Hobbit movies were great. Stop talking. Please stop talking. Uh, then there was a movie that I wrote down, but I can't read my own handwriting, so we're going to skip it. It's Red something. Red's... I, I don't know. Red Dawn. I, no. Red Dead Redemption. I, I wish. Um, <laughs> then then there was a movie, Adrift, which is this this kind of drama about like based on a true story about this boat that gets caught in a storm and like the person the experienced mariner is wounded and then the inexperienced love interest has to sail them back to it was like why is there we have the grinch and nomeo and juliet and then god's not dead and this for kids it's kids and (laughs) they're overly evangelical parents who got tricked into watching a movie about a biracial girl and then And then we got uh, Disney's Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I'm so excited for that shit. I I, I didn't know what record. I didn't know what to feel. It's starring Lin Manuel Miranda. Okay. And, and Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. It's gonna be great. Okay. That sounds like white girls everywhere will will have that white, in their Facebook shut feed. Shut up. Okay. Much like the white men, we, <laughs> we are underrepresented in the media. I don't feel like I. I was being sarcastic. I, I mean. I didn't Just let me have my pumpkin space latte. Apparently this was not news for you folks, but this was news yeah. for me when I saw I, it. I remember it. I heard something about it, but yeah, I'm not yeah. I don't follow I'm Disney so movies. I, I can tell. It's gonna be great. It guys. sounds like the, the live action equivalent of the second Peter Pan movie. Like did you guys ever watch that? I don't even know Wait, which no. which which one returning is the second. Return to Neverland. Oh okay. No, I've never seen that. Yeah. Uh, so it was like Hook. No, it was already live action. (laughs) Hook Hook was better than Return to Netherland. Neverland. I (laughs) Return to the Netherlands. Hot takes. Return Return to the Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) The true story of William of Orange. (laughs) That's a little history joke. Smart jokes. I feel like we need a sound effect there. Uh, and then there was one that I think is something like chocolate, but I might have miswritten that. I don't, I don't, Coca. Oh, oh no, like it was, water like chocolate. No, no, it was a Coca-Cola commercial. Oh. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like in the coming attractions. You because, have the yeah. Trinity there. You have you have animation, mm-hmm. Coca-Cola, and evangelicalism. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's America. And a movie Wait, about surviving and, a storm. And the fact, hold on, you said that you said that that one, um, the God's Not Dead three, was going to be a Netflix movie. Like I said, I don't why know is it's it three? Why is it being? <laughs> it could be a remake. No, no, it's it's three. Okay. Because it's three. I, no, because I, I no, because I know. You know. I know because I knew that one was coming out. I did not know it was a Netflix original. I think it's a Netflix which, original. Which why the hell is it being advertised in theaters? Bright was advertised in theaters. Was it really? It was. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. So. Shit. We live in end. a weird age. This is the end times, people. Oh, that's why they're making a third. God's not dead. It's because yeah. they finally found a studio that'll do anything. Netflix. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, that sounds like a transition, but you what? haven't talked. About I haven't the talked movie about yet. the movie yet. No. Watch, watching 
I, I, you know, views are the equivalent of dollars now. Yeah. Netflix. Okay, much. go on. Yeah. Go on. So, so Wrinkle in Time. Um, I won't bother going through the plot. The book came out in like '62. Yeah. Um, this is the second time they've made a movie of it. Really? Yeah. I yeah. There was one. Yeah, there was a direct-to-TV movie made also by Disney back in 2003, oh. which I watched back in the day, and I thought even back then wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, was it animated or live? It was live action. action. Yeah, it was live action. But it was it, a Disney Channel original movie. I don't even know if it was like it might have been yeah Disney Channel original movie, but it was. There was also one about the dolphins. Anyway, sorry, go on. There's a whole lot of those. There things. was a whole lot of those things. No, 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 Some she, of them were okay. She, None of them were of as good wrinkle, as people remember. Author of a wrinkle. It, oh, it was that. Was that a High School Musical dig? No, there was a dig at like everyone that's like, oh my god, remember Xenon? Well, remember no, Luck of the Irish? There were, oh no, my god, that those was the ones, shit. Those okay. were terrible. Okay, that was the shit. No, that one was pretty bad. The ones I'm remembering are like, what was it, Eddie's Bake Off or something like that? Where, remember no. that one? What? Where, where it's like this kid that wants to be like a star baseball player, but also wants to bake cakes, <laughs> <laughs> and he can't do both at the same time. Oh my god. Was, that also, was there also singing? Because that might have just been High School Musical. That's, no, that, it wasn't a musical. Literally sounds like they just put like <laughs> activities on a corkboard and threw. Darts at it yeah. and then wrote a script based off yeah. of it. And then, well, it's the star of the high school <laughs> baseball, baseball team and who he wants, wants to, to bake. Okay, great. <laughs> Have a script on my desk by Friday I mean, morning. Was... The, the the note card just below bake was do cocaine. So you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they lucked out. I thought that one. Were. I thought that one was okay. I also thought the one where the guy turns into a merman was okay. Oh, thirteen. Yeah, I think that's what that it's called. Was yeah. Um, the color of friendship. That one got nominated for an Emmy. I never saw that one. That was the one. Um, it was based off of a true story. And it was, uh, there was a congressman in the 70s. He was a black congressman. And his daughter wants to host an exchange student from South Africa. Um, oh, but they didn't have pictures. And yeah. so they end up, this black family ends up hosting a white girl from South Africa. Yeah, I did see that and, one. Okay. Yeah, that, I... that one, it was good. It was good. Okay. Um. All right, so yeah, so now we've gone on for a long time. Haven't actually talked about the movie. movie. (laughs) Okay, let Alex talk about the movie. So, Uh, like I say, if you know anything about this, you know the plot. Um, I thought the movie was good. It was it was good. Um, Better, certainly better than the original, uh, the original than the um, the television film. You would almost have to be. Yeah, Um, but it's hindered by some of the same things that the book is uh which it really can't do anything about like uh calvin have you seen have you read the book it i read most of it when i was in fifth grade i can't remember mm-hmm. if i ever actually finished it or not okay but it you know it's been 20 Can you give years us a rundown yeah give, the... us, give okay. us a rundown all right so um it's been more than that you're 31 <laughs> i was 31 oh i guess 10, it has oh right because you said fifth grade yeah five-year-olds aren't in let alex grade. talk Okay, shut up. <laughs> okay, so quick rundown. Um, the book, the story is about Meg, uh, who is a, um, I think she's in middle school or, or early high school, and her father had was a brilliant astrophysicist. Uh, Chris Pine. Is that who that was? Yeah, yes. it's Chris Pine. Oh, okay. He's Captain Kirk. Oh. Yeah, it's oh. Captain Kirk. He's really smart. He has a cardigan like the one I'm wearing right now. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, that I remember. I mean, yeah, they usually call him Dad, but it's Dr. Murray. Um, and he's married to another Dr. Murray, his wife, who's also a brilliant physicist or scientist. And they've been working on some kind of 
theory, some kind of uh, way to what they call tesseract, mm -hmm. um, to travel over long distances through use of vibrations. M moving without moving. Exactly. Holding space. Uh, very much so. I'm going to talk about that later. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to? No, no, go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. Keep talking. We've, <laughs> okay, we've so, derailed you long enough. So one night he's doing this this experiment and he disappears. And he's been missing for about four years. Um, and the story picks up with Meg, who is uh, getting in trouble at school uh, and is uh, dealing with her brother, her younger brother, uh, Charles Wallace, who don't remember if this is in the book in the movie he's adopted i don't remember if it's in the book or not mm -hmm. um but in the movie they make it so he's he's an adopted uh brother uh but anyway regardless of that he's brilliant and he is like the smartest most precocious uh child genius that you'll ever see in film um like not really but you you saw there yeah. was that we had boss baby um <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does he really rival... Uh, Oscar-nominated <laughs> Boss Baby. Thank you very much. Emmy yeah. award-winning actor yeah. Adam Baldwin in mm. anyway. The Boss Baby. Okay, go on. So Charles Wallace is kind of friend to all people and super smart and uh, eventually brings in this weird person named Mrs. Whatsit into the house. And Mrs. Watsit is basically confirming to everyone that, yes, there is such a thing as a tesseract. Your, your husband, uh, Dr. Murray, is still alive. Your father's still alive. Um, and then, out of nowhere, one of uh, Meg's uh, schoolmates uh, named Calvin. Because we need to have a trio, because it's yeah. a young adult novel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, whose name is Calvin. Uh, a decides that uh, he, he had seen her stand up to a bully and came over to essentially hit on Meg, I guess, but in a cute and, and simple way. A PG way. A PG way. Um, and gets invited to dinner. And they talk, and eventually Mrs. Wexit shows up again, followed by a Mrs. Who and a Mrs. Uh, Witch. And they say that we are beings from outside of time and space, and we have come to help you find your father who's been calling out to you. And then they tesseract. They, they travel to another, pla another planet. And it follows their adventure trying to locate her father. Uh, their father, I guess. Um, and you go to different planets and different places. You see different things. And they talk about they find that there is a, an evil in the world uh, that comes from a location they call Kamazots. Not Camelot, Kamazots. Um, it's a silly place. But, mm. the, um, but this darkness is kind of spreading throughout the universe, and it is the physical manifestation of all of the evil everywhere. If you've been touched by it, then you don't touch it. It's evil. So it's time <laughs> bandits. Yeah. Shut up. But... Um, Go on, Alex. Yeah. So eventually they discover, they, they meet some people who help them out along the journey, and eventually they discover that Meg's father has been captured on Kamazots and is being held there by the evil brain that is Kamazots, which is called IT, with capital letters in the book. Um, and IT wants Charles Wallace, because Charles Wallace is a genius. And so they go to Kamazots and... Not Meg? It seems like Meg would be the genius. Meg? She's not adopted. Uh, what does that have to do with being a genius? Well, I mean, it's not, but, like, her, both of her biological parents are 
crazy smart, so, like, it follows that she would also be crazy smart. I mean, if you think that genetics is everything and yeah, nothing else. Than... Well, I mean, there's also the fact that she probably comes from an upper-middle-class household with lots of, Well, so does Charles Wallace. Know, like, I'm just, I'm just saying she, too, <laughs> is also a genius, okay? Well, you've okay. never read the book. I, shut up! <laughs> Why are you going to bring that into she, she is, she I is, in, she is intelligent, right? Don't get me wrong. She's no right. dummy. Um, but she's not as but she's, as she's not the child prodigy that is Charles Wallace at Ugh. his age doing and saying talking about the things that he's doing. I at his think age. I would also find Charles Wallace insufferable if I had to be raised next to him. You probably wouldn't because he's actually super nice to everybody. Oh, shut up! That makes him worse. <laughs> <laughs> that makes him more annoying. You're such the youngest child. <laughs> shut up. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, anyway, um, so they go to Kamazots. There's a very um, iconic scene from the book and this was done in both movies where uh they they see everything is like the same like there's this typical 50s suburban neighborhood where all the kids are bouncing their balls exactly in rhythm and then all the mothers come out and call everyone to dinner with the same voice and they all go in. yeah it's very creepy and it's done very well in this and actually it was done okay in the first movie the first the first movie didn't do everything else so good but that was okay um anyway they get captured um, and kind of tricked into giving Charles Wallace over to it, and he is essentially the vehicle for it now. Um, and they find the father. They are she's able to rescue him and tesseract him out, but she stays behind to confront Charles Wallace and it, and with defeats it with the power of love. It, Aww, it would make a great nice. do, yeah, do, great Huey Lewis. Do. <laughs> um, right. So. So yeah, so love o- overcomes the evil in the hearts of men um, that the shadow knows and is able to bring everybody back home. And they reunite and they have a happily ever after thing. Uh, Calvin is there. Uh, <laughs> that's the biggest thing I have is is he's in the original book, but his purpose in the book is unclear. He just kind of, they just met and all of a sudden they're on this adventure together. He's the sidekick. He's the sidekick. He's, he's the person that, like, as you're reading, you're supposed to identify with him. But he's you're not, because it's taking from Meg's perspective. So you're generally supposed to identify with Meg. And she's the one that's... I mean, if you were also a very smart, brilliant young girl who was raised by physicists, then yeah, sure, you identify with Meg. But if you're, like, a dumb idiot, you identify with Calvin. That is why Calvin is there. I mean, Calvin... Why, that is why Ron Weasley is there, okay? <laughs> like, you can make the same argument for Ron, like, why is Ron there? It's like, Ron is there yeah. so you have someone to identify with Ron, and learn how like, to become less racist. Ron does things, though. It sounds like from does what... He, from what does out, he? he or does I mean, he burp he, snails? So, he plays chess in that first one. That's, so, that's literally all I've seen. So Calvin's, Calvin's main contribution to the plot is to be good and be nice and just be a likable like like because meg is going through problems you know her father's been missing it's and so problems that meg yeah so she's been um yeah, acting out and and but oh no not acting out that's that's bad you have she thrown spitballs at kids like what is she doing to act out she's throwing base basketballs at people's faces you know what they were probably idiots they were not idiots but they were mean to her so sorry I'm gonna calm down. Because Do you have stories? Please calm down. <laughs> Do you have stories from your childhood of being no. called an act out? <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you go talk about the movie some more? Okay. Um, but but like that's an, that's a part of the the original story, so I can't really fault it for that. What the movie does do well is it has a very 
diverse cast. Uh, it's it does a good job of bringing people of color to the front and center. Um, like you know, like you said, it's a biracial yeah. family, uh, and you know, Meg's father is white. White. Her Chris mother, white. yeah, her, super white. Her Very mother white. is He's is African American. And then Charles Wallace adopted is actually I think I think he's Asian. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent, but I think he was is okay. So so it's a very diverse cast. Well, um, the director is uh, Ava. I'm gonna fuck up her last name. Let's look it up. Uh, Ava Duvan Duverney. 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 I was like gonna say Duchovny, and I'm like that's not right. <laughs> So Ava DuVernay is is a black woman. And that's actually, like, that's part of the, one of the reasons why I did want to see it, but it was kind of interrupting my nap schedule um, when you had invited us to go on Sunday. Well, you know, because I'm like, you know, it's important to support, like, major, you know, mm-hmm. motion pictures that are directed by women and also directed by women of color, especially. Yeah, so absolutely. But, um, you know, and it, it was a good movie. Um, I think one of the best... It's funny because, like, a lot of people have been panning it. Like, a lot of critics have been panning it. Yeah. And I think one of the best... I don't know who wrote this article or where I got saw it from, but it was just the headline of, like, um, A Wrinkle in Time is not for adult critics. It's for biracial girls. And I was like, I can buy on that. I, I yeah. suppose. I mean, I wouldn't put it at, like, the top of my list of favorite movies I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it, it was a memorable film. Yeah. Much better. It's an improvement on the first yeah. time yeah. they made a movie yeah, 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 of it. That's, sure. that's I, I love Mindy, Ka- Mindy Calling, and I would, like, watch her read a phone book. Not that any of us know what those are anymore. Um, I know what a so... phone book is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just, I like, I love her and adore her, and I would totally watch that. Yeah. Apparently, so Oprah, sorry. Did you want to keep talking? I, I just I, want, could, I could share a mini calling story. I mean, all I wanted to say was that the the actors, the child actors, were really good. Uh, Charles Wallace. They weren't terrible and insufferable. No, Charles Wallace did a really good job because Charles Wallace's uh, character has to act all nice and good, but also possessed. Yeah. And anytime you can get a child that does that like well, uh, is a is a bonus. So he's not like even creepy when he's supposed to be like nice. Cause no. That's usually what happens. No, 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 things. no, no, no. It's it's done really well and. Um, and, like, Meg and Calvin were all pretty solid as well. So, Mindy Calling recently had a baby. Um, and apparently, when she was pregnant, she was working on A Wrinkle of Time with Oprah Winfrey. And so, fucking Oprah Winfrey um, sent a truck to her house with a hand-carved wooden bookcase and then filled it with books mm-hmm. for um, her as a, as a baby shower present. It sounds really nice, but they were all a million little pieces. Shut up! I have to get rid of those copies somehow. I have like 50 of these lying around my house. It's super embarrassing. I tried to take, I had Steinem like take off the uh, Stedford, Stedford, I don't know, whatever her boyfriend's name is. I had him take off the stickers, but he left the goo behind. Sorry, I had to look up. Club. I had to look up Mindy anyway. Calling. So, but yeah, oh, yeah, no, she's she's adorable and wonderful. Um, and apparently, Oprah gives really great um, baby shower gifts. <laughs> that was the end of my story. It was, it was great. Okay. Is there is there a segue in there? Um, so, Nick, read any good Oprah Winfrey well, book club selections lately? Speaking of, of Tesseract. <laughs> speak, no, I was gonna say speaking oh. of uh, speaking of children. Okay. <laughs> and, and raising that's children. Well, that's it? Speak- Out of all of that shit? No, that's no, no, what you no. got? Speaking okay. of children and raising children, uh, Alex, do you want to talk about Mute now? Uh, can we not talk about Moon first? Let's talk about Moon very, very briefly. Okay, because I loved Moon. No, Moon is fucking great. Yeah. 
Like Moon Moon is probably like on one of my favorite movies lists now. Yeah, like no, if I had, Moon, like Moon is amazing. Yeah. So so Moon Let's not let's not spoil Moon for people who haven't seen it. It okay. is on Netflix now. If you mm-hmm. have never if you don't know what we're talking about, go to Netflix yeah. and go watch Moon. It's really good. It um, is. It is genuinely it is, really good. It is the movie that uh that Sam Rockwell probably should have won an Oscar for. Mm. Um so Moon, I mean like let's let's just Moon, the, the, yeah, the, the back of the box okay. summary. I yeah, suppose. so so Moon is about. There's a dude on the moon. Yeah, okay, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, this dude on the moon. What's what's his name? Sam Bell. Sam. Yeah. Sam. Sam Bell. Uh, is nearing the end of his three-year contract for Lunar Industries, which is this company that mines moon minerals to produce for, energy. Yeah, for energy purposes. Uh, and so he's getting close to the end of his three-year contract. He's going to go on home. He's been getting uh, messages from his wife and is seeing his kid grow up alone uh, without him. And then uh, he Then something happens. Something happens. <laughs> and it's this huge he starts, mystery. He starts seeing things. Yes. Uh, and uh, then things get, get out of hand. Things get real. Things get real. Things get weird. Um, also, if you're going to replace Kevin Spacey in a movie, this would probably be the easiest movie to replace him in. <laughs> he was in that movie? He's the voice of the computer. Was that Kevin Spacey? Yeah, that's Kevin Spacey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, Before we found out that he was a rapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like, you know... Just, is he just, a rapist or is he just a sexual I, harasser? I, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure those kids were underage. So yes, yeah. technically he's a rapist. We can say that. All um, right. Speaking of underage kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Moon... Okay, so Moon is directed by Duncan Jones, mm-hmm. um, who, until he directed Moon, was better known as David Bowie's kid. Mm. Um, I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so Duncan Jones is like he's he because David Bowie's real last name was Jones, and so Duncan Jones is his son. He took his father's original last name mm-hmm. back as sort of his, his his pen name, I suppose, when he started going into filmmaking because he didn't want to be directly associated with his father's success, and then proceeded to basically make a movie that was entirely based off of David Bowie's career. <laughs> yeah. Like like that movie is a space oddity, kind of. Not exactly. Not but, really. Not no. really. But it's like <laughs> I there's a lot of there's a lot of David Bowie space C kind of identity stuff going on. Maybe, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's a lot more of a love letter to like two thousand one. Yeah, space it's very arts. it's very two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also which which is also something that David Bowie drew a lot of influence. <laughs> I from. suppose it's like David Bowie space. I don't know. I I see the connection. So Duncan, you're still weird. All so right, Duncan, you're on. you're still your your father's son. Um. <laughs> But so Mute is his Netflix original movie that's not as good. It's um, not as good. I wouldn't say it was bad though. I, I I have some major problems with it. Okay. And the main reason why I told you to watch Moon before you watched Mute is because Moon is a way better movie and Mute fucking spoils the end of mm. that movie with a fucking throwaway sight gag. Yeah, it doesn't really need to be in that movie. Yeah, it's in the same fucking universe. They're yeah. in the same universe. They're in the same universe, but it doesn't <laughs> Why? need to be. Why? And I I suppose he's trying to make a brand for I, himself. Yes, and it's like it's kind of cool like if you've seen Moon it's pretty cool, mm-hmm. but if you've watched Mute first and then you go back to watch Moon and it's like, oh 
Sam Bell that oh my god that's what's gonna happen in yeah. this movie like it's it's really yeah. it's kind of disappointing anyway and then um, were you thinking it made you really sad that you weren't watching I the, wasn't watching the that movie, movie about the site I, wanted, site I wanted to be watching the movie yeah. that was like it so distracted me through the entire right, rest of so, the movie so let's go through mute and explain why you didn't like <sighs> okay. it and I'll see if I have counter arguments okay so my okay so mute it's I first of all it's it's the most high concept fucking neo-noir movie i've ever seen it's it's a movie and this bitch has seen blade runner i've twice. seen both blade runner movies and i've seen i've seen all the cuts of the original blade runner i've seen that movie more than twice but have you seen <laughs> but have you seen the secret blade runner movie? the secret blade runner movie yeah. the one that no one talks about yeah. yes i've seen it okay i i own I'll, I'll put it like this i before blade runner 2049 came out there was a novelized sequel called Blade Runner 2 Tears and Rain. It is sitting on my bookshelf in the other room. Okay. So yes, I have seen the secret Blade Runner movie. The one that no one talks about. Um, but okay, so this, when I say high concept, like Blade Runner has a lot of ideas that it kicks around, but it's like very simple. Okay. okay? It's very simple in terms of the concept of the story, which is, you know, Harrison Ford is a detective who hunts down illegal robots in the future go <laughs> mm. okay like there's a lot of ideas that kind of spin out of that but you don't have to spend a lot of time understanding what the story is actually about so this movie alexander skarsgård is a is a grown he, he was got a hell of a last name he's got he was got a hell of a last name he's a hell of an actor um and he does a really good job in this movie where he plays uh someone who was raised amish mm-hmm in the cyberpunk future. Yes. Jesus, why? Um, because that's the because movie. Amish people are still going to exist in the cyberpunk yeah. future. Yeah, yeah but so what? so he's in. I, it's it's a it, what what purpose does that serve in the film? It, okay, so the purpose that it serves in the film is, is that the, he's good at wood carving. Is that the, he's good at wood carving, and that the movie you is, could just be a fucking hipster. <laughs> and that the movie is called Mute. And so basically, does he not speak? He does not speak. Yeah, when he, he was a kid, he, he goes got, in a boating accident. Yeah, he got run over by. Yeah. He was like swimming, and a boat, like a powerboat, runs him over, and it cuts his vocal cords. And because mm-hmm. his parents are, are Amish, they won't let the doctors operate and give him a electronic voice box. Okay. Yeah. And so, even though he's raised Amish, like this is the thing that's really confusing about this. He's, he's raised Amish, but he still lives in the world. But, like, he doesn't use technology, so he's kind of, like, this weird hybrid. Yeah, he's, like, like, a lapsed Amish person. Yeah. He, kind of, but, he, but not really. Why wouldn't you just have him be a fucking hipster? Because the mother and the, the like, what, you have, I guess they have to explain why he, he doesn't have yeah. the surgery that would allow him to speak. Because he's a fucking hipster. Yeah, but he wasn't a hipster weird. when so, he was, like, nine. Yeah, when yeah, his, yeah, his parents were hipsters. <laughs> Anyway. Even a hipster parent would probably. Or Jehovah Witness, I don't know, but like, yeah, really? He's, yeah. So he's so Amish. So he's 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 Maybe kind of there? he's kind of lapsed Amish, mm-hmm. like Alex said, but not really. Not completely. Yeah. He works. He's a bartender in Berlin. <laughs> in Berlin. Why? I don't know. I think they were drawing. A... Wait. So why, how how did this Amish person get to Germany? Honestly, I think he was in Germany to start with because the boat in the beginning of the film yeah, has the, a German the flag. In there, yeah, are remember, no. German. there are. And remember... The, Wait, the, <laughs> I like how you just stopped me and you're like, That's no, where there they, are. Where do you think Amish, Amish people, people come from, Elias? I No, they just... The, they got kicked out of Germany and now they all live in America. Some yeah. of them probably of, still live in Germany, but those that even if they don't, then there's some kind of connection. Anyway. Yeah. 
regardless, it's, it's takes the, place I, in I'm Germany. I'm just saying, you've discussed the first five minutes of this movie, and there are a ton of plot oh, holes. Oh, it's not a plot hole. It's, it's just, just a, it's just a setting. It's, it's the setting, and it's it is it is weird, and it took me a while to understand that that was going on. But it's like, okay, that's it's it's set up there to explain why he's not able to talk in this cyberpunk future where all these things are capable mm-hmm. of going on. Which the movie is called Mute. I mean, does it matter that he's mute for this story? Not really. It's kind of a complication that he has to overcome. And like, there are two big scenes where his muteness is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is the one where he has to order food, and I guess there's another one, but really, it's not. It's not that big of a deal. So I like how in Shape of Water it was. They <laughs> it's a big part of it. Yeah. The like her being mute is a really big part of Shape of Water, but they explain away in like a throwaway line and a visual. Yes. And there's not this whole fucking nonsense yeah. about, like, Amish people in so, so when I say that it's high concept, that's what I mean. Okay. Is that you have to kind yeah. of buy into this. All right. It's the future. There's a lot of disbelief it's, that has to it's, be suspended. I do. It's Shadowrun, but this guy can't talk. Why yeah. can't he talk? Well, because he's Amish. He's still raised yeah. Amish. Why hasn't he gotten anything? I do want to mention, I just did some quick research. Okay. Um... You're right. There are there are no Amish communities left in Europe. The last, Hey-o, but this was great. but the last Amish community in Europe was in Ixum, Germany, and it merged with the local Mennonite congregation in 1937. So I don't know. Could it possibly be that he's Mennonite? No, because he specifically they specifically, they specifically say, Amish? say Amish. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, because because remember there's that scene where the, right. there's the scene where the TV in the cafe is mm-hmm. spoiling the end of Moon, mm-hmm. um, and he has his back turned into it, and the the um, the server at the cafe is like, "Oh, you're Amish," yeah, um, because you have your back turned to the, t- to the TV instead mm-hmm. of you just don't want to have the, this mo- the, the only, better movie spoiled for the you. The only reason I could think he might be Mennonite is because you see like pictures of his family. Yes. But they specifically say Amish mm-hmm. in the in the movie, and there's also like he has a framed. Uh, like newspaper story in his apartment that says something about Amish returning. I think that's actually it. There, there is a newspaper story about Amish returning back to Germany. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, David Bowie's son, for answering my question. There you go. Um, with a visual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, that's some really good storytelling. Anyway, answering questions with visuals instead in of a crazy, visual medium. stupid, show, high concept ways. Show don't tell. Um, yeah. So okay. okay. So anyway, I should not probably take it. So he's he's a he's a bartender at this bar, mm-hmm. but he's Amish. But he's Amish, yeah. or he was raised Amish. But and his girlfriend is like a cocktail waitress at the same bar. Um, I bet that much was true. And it's early on; it's confirmed that she has some sort of secret, and it doesn't mm-hmm. really say what it is. It's yeah. like, oh, I need to talk to you about something. Blah blah blah. Then um, she gets hit on by Rose's girlfriend Mickey from Doctor Who, and Alexander Skarsgård beats him up, um, and this other British guy, and then he gets yelled at as by his boss. Yeah. So Leo, the, the guy's name's Leo. Leo. Uh, and which guy, Mickey or the no, other the guy? mute guy. The mute guy. Yeah. Leo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank his you. name's Leo, and uh, Nadra. Oh, I'm trying to pronounce this name. Uh, Nadira. 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 Nadira yeah. is, uh, is, is his girlfriend. Is his girlfriend. Yeah. And then you switch to a completely different movie, mm-hmm. and you deal with two American doctors named yeah. nicknamed it's, it's, Cactus and Duck. Yeah, it's Mash in the future. Yeah, um, but Mash works for the works for the Russian mafia. Yeah, in Germany. <laughs> um, 
and uh, Cactus is our main antagonist. We don't know why he's the main antagonist until about half an hour before this movie ends. Yeah. Um, but he is but busy like, stitching up the wounds of some goon. Of some, yeah, some yeah. Russian goon. Yeah. And making all kinds of nasty comments and just being a total shit. Also, about- played by Paul Rudd. I'm going to point that yeah. out. So Paul Rudd is our main antagonist. Mm-hmm. He's also, I would argue he's the main character of the movie. Because I feel like by the end of it, I understood who this character was more than the main character. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe because one doesn't speak and the other won't shut up. The other exactly. <laughs> But um, but he also I thought him and the other uh, doctor. I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but I thought him and the other doctor were like a gay couple at first. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of progressive. But they, no. I mean, they they kind of joke about it. Like yeah. they, like I think that they might be kind like not gay, but I don't know. They're they're super not because you find out what their sexual proclivities are because their sexual proclivities are like yeah. major plot points. Yeah, yeah. But um. But no, they do say, like, we shared a bunk in Kabul and touched penises. Yeah. So, I don't know what to take from that. I think that's they're just... They're bisexual. I think that's just them joking. Do you know that there are yeah. bisexuals that exist I'm aware in the world? Of that. I am aware of that. I'm going to go ahead and... Big spoiler alert for this movie that you probably shouldn't watch because it's dumb. Oh, you should watch. I think it's okay. I think it's not a bad movie. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the shit out of it because I well, want to complain. But about we can it. spoil the shit out okay. of it, but let's spoil the shit out of it in order. Okay. All right. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump ahead to this point to, to kind of talk about what Elise well, was talking Alex about. Alex is getting upset. Is that well? Is <laughs> he's, he's waving his hand? Chronology is being okay. Yeah, chron- but I just want to I want to say this one really thing upsetting him. because it's it is something. Really, that, look, he's putting his head in his hand. <laughs> I'm narrating for the folks at home. We um, can get to this. this at the right time. <laughs> well, the point is that the the other doctor is a pedophile. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's his thing. He likes he likes little girls. They make him feel so good. In the yeah. words of Oingo, in the words of Oingo, Oingo, Oingo. Oingo. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, Alex. Continue with the chronological. Uh, uh, well, now it's all just thrown out. <laughs> of whack, so we can we just... might as well just talk about the ending. <laughs> okay, so these guys are working for the mafia. Yeah. We find out that um, that, that there's one thing. Rudd, Cactus. Yeah, there's one thing that Cactus is okay about. Like every, he's a total shit about everything except his daughter. Yes. And to to everybody else, his young daughter is the only thing that he's actually a decent person about. Yes. Um, and his big motivating thing, and this is another reason why he's, like, a better... He makes more sense as a main character than the actual main character, is we know what his motivation is. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be in Germany. He's a AWOL U.S. soldier because it's the cyberpunk future and we're still in Afghanistan, which is probably the most realistic thing about this entire <laughs> movie. Um, and basically, we're, we've been in Afghanistan for so fucking long that we have this huge problem with soldiers just leaving. Yeah. And they just run away. But they're not even in Afghanistan. They're in Germany. Yeah. Well, yeah. they, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're a U.S. Yeah. Army soul, if sur, like surgeon, mm-hmm. where are you going to spend a lot of time? That's where yeah. the, that's where the big U.S. Gotcha. Army medical bases mm-hmm. are. Um, so, so he's in Germany. He's gone AWOL. The, the, the army is still looking for him. He's bribing his commanding officer to mm. basically not say anything. Uh, and he's working with uh, Rose's boyfriend, Mickey, from Doctor Who to get papers. We need to get a new name for that guy. His, his actual name, I don't remember. It, he's Mickey the Idiot. idiot. Mickey the Idiot um, is trying to get him forged papers so he can go back to the United States with his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's his big motivating plot. Yeah. And he, he ta- kind of talks about how he keeps, he, like, 
trying to avoid his ex-wife mm-hmm. uh, throughout the beginning of the movie. Uh, but then we, we cut back to Leo. Yes. And uh, not Nadira. Nadira. I, I need to keep remembering that name. And she buys him a phone, and she's like, oh, it's the most low-tech thing I could get, but it'd be so much easier mm-hmm. for you to communicate. With and they're the being super cute. And... Yeah, and they're like going on this date, and it's really sweet, and they get flying sausages delivered to them. Um, which is probably my favorite part about the world building in this movie is that there is a place where you can go and there's a touch screen like you could order and it sends German delicious German sausages and bratwurst and well you uh, have to speak to order it you have to speak to order it that's that that that's the one scene in the movie <laughs> where he has to be able to speak yeah. for it to make a difference mm-hmm. and it doesn't make a difference anyway <laughs> it makes a bit of difference no kind of um, but. Um, but yeah, it brings like sausages and sauerkraut right to you, and it like flies there and lands, and it drops mm-hmm. it off and flies away. So it's like like a drone, like a drone, like yeah, drone, like so. drone drones delivering drone. sausages to you. This is the thing. That's that the I only want. thing that you just want. just give okay. Jeff Bezos another years. The rest of it years. is just Blade Runner. In terms of the world building, it is just Blade Runner. But damn those sausages! But flying sausages and sauerkraut. I want to live in that world. Anyway, so they're being super cute. They're going on this date, mm-hmm. um, and she's like, "Look, I need to tell you something." Which previously she had talked to her friend, who is the the other the other cocktail? Oh guy. yeah 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 the, that the, guy. The very obviously like like stereotypically gay man. Yeah. Who was her like her, her stereotypical gay best friend? I don't remember his name unfortunately. I don't remember his name either. But he's like, oh, you need to tell him, or is he a part of this? Like, there's some sort of some thing kind of going on mm-hmm. that we don't again don't follow yeah. find out about what it exactly yeah. is going on until the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. So like. Leo, they're in their apartment, and Leo is is being told like there's something I have to tell you, and, and he asks, "Are you? Are we breaking up?" Like in sign language. Yeah. And she says, "No, no, no. That's the last thing I want to do." And then he signs, "Well, then nothing else matters." Oh yeah, he uh, writes he writes yeah. it in his uh, in his, his, little, di- his notebook. notebook. Yeah. The notebook is is more important than the signing. I guess that's why he has to be mute because that notebook is used mm-hmm. for a few plot points. Yep. Um. So anyway, that that happens. Then the following day, is that when she disappears? She disappears that night. That like, night. they go, he shows her, he's got, like, a rented out a workshop next to his apartment, mm-hmm. and he's been building them a bed, like a traditional four-poster bed. Yeah. And they go ahead Aww. and uh, they do the do right do there. they fornicate? They, they do. do. Um, and okay, so... On the unfinished we'll bed. We'll use a phone... Totally Amish. We'll, we'll use a phone, still we'll, dress as Amish, will not get the surgery to make him be able to talk. But fuck his girlfriend before he marries her? Yes. And we're going to bar. Like All I right. said. And, and gets very violent with very, Mickey. Very, yeah. yeah, and like Mickey hits on his girlfriend and he punches her. Yeah, punches oh yeah. He, yeah, he's really bad at turning yeah. the other cheek. Mm-hmm. He's really, really bad at that. Yeah, that, that whole thing. So, you know. I think that's more of a quicker thing. Uh, it's an Amish thing. Is too. that an Amish it's thing? It's an Amish thing, okay. too, I think. But anyway. It's in the Bible, Elise. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I said uh, I was raised Christian. I never said I read the Bible. <laughs> All right. God. Well, I mean, you haven't read the uh, Wrinkle Thought in Time. So. <laughs> so, so then the girlfriend disappears, and mm-hmm. this starts our main character on this whole long this quest to find her. Excruciatingly long quest mm-hmm. through the underbelly of future Berlin to find out mm-hmm. what happened to his girlfriend. Yeah. So he starts off by asking the coworker uh, friend who doesn't know anything uh, and follows him to this, uh, this, I guess, brothel. Yeah. He, and here's, here's my big problem with the movie. And like, mm-hmm. this is this entire movie 
does not need to be over two hours long. Mm, yeah. It simply does not. Yeah, there were some parts I thought you could probably cut or you could, like, And that's the thing. Is you could cut out... There are, like, large swaths of this movie where the main character does not appear. Mm. Because they're dealing with Cactus. Because they're that. dealing with Cactus. And again, he's the more interesting character. It should be not exactly his movie, but, like... And it kind of is. Like, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd kind of steals every scene that he's in. And he's actually really good mm-hmm. at being both like funny and kind of menacing at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. Um, so, so Leo goes on the hunt and he, he tracks down the friend to a brothel where apparently both he and Nadrine worked uh, like on the side. Yeah. Uh, and so he tries to find from him and can't get anywhere. He gets thrown out of the brothel. Um, and then it's like bright. Like this part of the movie is like bright. Where it's like you go from one like act like set piece yeah. to another without mm-hmm. the plot actually advancing in yeah. any meaningful way, mm-hmm. and then he gets like a message on the phone, yeah, and he tracks that to an apartment where there's someone else who's this guy in like a geisha thing with robots that are having sex on a bed. Oh God, what? I forgot about that scene. Yeah, Oswald. Yeah. Um, and apparently Oswald... He's like a photographer, like an erotic photographer. Something like that. Something. Uh, and he's got a picture with, uh, Nadira. Nadira. Uh, with Nadira's name on it, and so he takes that, and he thinks that this is her, and she looks different, and so he tries to find her that way, and he... He gets involved in the Russian mafia. Yeah, like, like at one point he actually meets... Like, many times he meets with... With with, Cactus. With Cactus. Yeah. But, like, only... Tangentially. Yeah, like, like, like they, they be- don't actually, like, intersect in any meaningful way. It's like, oh, you see these characters mm-hmm. together. And so I, for a while, I just thought, is this movie just like, like, not, a, it's not exactly a, um, like, anthology movie? No. But I was like, is this just like. Two stories that have nothing to do yeah. with each other, but only connect tangentially. Like, it was kind of like like Magnolia or something like that, where it's like, is this all going to come together at the end? And it does all come together at the end, yeah. but it's like, mm-hmm. like well, Magnolia yeah. is all about, like, oh, the like the weird little ways that our lives intersect. It's like, oh, no, this was a mystery where you, you weren't actually given any of the pieces to solve the mystery. Right. We just tell you, again... In the last 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you understand, like... So there's, like... There's no real tension. There's, there's tension. But the... Especially in the ending, which I thought was oh, good. Yeah, the ending but, was fine, but again, it should... Let's, let's continue yeah, with okay. where we're at. So so he gets a text message to go to this black market place where uh, it just so happens that uh, Cactus is getting the papers from yes. Mickey, uh, whose name is not really Mickey. Uh, yeah, but he kind of... Idiot. But he kind of uh, crashes the, the thing... And um, ends up getting thrown out of there, but it's there that he realizes that the notebook has the message that uh, Nadira wrote, wrote down, down yeah. and so he's able to kind of cre- find out what the message was, and it was an address. And I think that's how he gets to Oswald, uh, or she, yeah, he gets to Oswald, and then from there somehow he ends up going to another address. No, he finds I... a phone number. He finds a phone number. Did we skip the scene where he he finds the person in the picture? Or does that come later? The picture with her name on it? Yeah. No, that's in Oswald's apartment. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, I know. He finds that. Yeah. But, he finds, but then there's the the other person that he finds. Yeah, I think that is... Yeah, that, that comes later. So so what happens is he finds a number, and he has to trace the number to a address. Uh, and so he, he, uses, he the, uses the phone book 
because the a directory in this super high-tech um, library in Berlin does not have a uh, mute person capable di- touch directory. Yeah, the future is not <laughs> handy capable, like, at all. <laughs> like, I know this is Germany, but do they not have the equivalent of, like, the uh, ADA? I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> But no, so instead of ask, of trying to find someone and asking them to look it up for them, like a librarian, yeah, uh, he goes and bits every book in the, the Berlin phone book directory and finds the number over the course of, like, that night, hmm. uh, traces it to a, a, an address, which is, like, an empty location, I guess, uh, where he meets with oswald again but this time with breasts is that the same character that's the same character okay i totally missed that yeah (laughs) so so oswald now has a pair of breasts and is wearing the same clothing that is in the picture with uh nadira's name on it uh because he was apparently using her name to do some lewd act in order to get her money for for whole... the thing that we need, that she needs, that mm-hmm. we're never told about until again the last twenty minutes. Okay, of the movie. so what's yeah. the thing that she needs? We'll get into that. Oh my god! Yeah, this is the this is my big problem uh... with the movie. Is it's just like okay, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. Why does this character matter? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Cactus and Duck are 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 having their bop around town, where um, Cactus leaves his daughter with the uh, prostitutes at the brothel. Like you, you do. Well, yeah. he uses them as like the babysitting prostitute service. slash babysitting service, which I I guess I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess if you're on the lamb, you yeah. don't really have I don't know. Yeah, they do a good job of babysitting the kid. the The girl is silent, like she is also mute, but not intentionally. But yeah, she just it just happens. She just happens to be that she does not speak. She until talks like, at the end. She talks at the end, but then again, spoilers. Um, so does he? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So. The um it literally adds nothing to the story I that think, she doesn't talk until the very I end. I thought it was cool. I watched this with my grandma, yeah. and she actually really liked this. Oh, I yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't think it was as good as she gave it, but she did enjoy it a lot. And so, um, but in any case, she liked that part. Anyway, where was I? Um, so they meet with Alexi, who did... is another no Nikolai Nik- Nikolai yeah, who is another Russian mob boss that is running the prostitution ring separate from the prostitution ring that he's actually supposed to be running. And Leo threatens him with exposure if he doesn't get off his back and try to get information about Nadira. And this is where the cactus and duck actually intersect with the main story again. Yeah. Because the daughter is with them and he draws her a bear. Yeah. And and yeah, but also because the the other mobsters like find out that he's been running this other operation on the side, mm-hmm. and they like and they take him and they ask the two doctors to torture him. Yes, and they say, "Well, we know what this is all about. We know why Leo's after this guy, but uh, the boss wants us to torture him anyway. So we got to make it sound convincing." And then they use their doctoring skills to torture this man. Yes. Um. So. Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Set piece, set piece, set piece. He finds, uh, Leo meets up with uh, Nadira's mom. uh, And, like, that's what the whole, um, like, he goes to this abandoned location following the the flying sausages. Yeah. uh, And he he finds this location, finds a directory, and in the directory is mom. He's able to find her and able to go to nadira's mother and they interact there she has no idea what's going on 
she also how does it get from there i don't remember like that's the thing is that like it's just a sequence of scenes mm-hmm. that don't seem to connect until like the mm-hmm. very 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 end of the yeah. movie so eventually what happens is um so so duck uh duck is discovered by uh, cactus to be a pedophile and uh-huh. to be a pretty serious one he actually uh duck has a um he's a surgeon that creates uh, prosthetic a, limbs. prosthetic limbs okay. and he all of his children uh patients patients that's the word i'm looking for uh he's got like cameras in their changing room uh-huh. and he's got like yeah and so um Cactus actually gets up in his face and threatens to kill him if he doesn't stop this. Wow. Throw away all the cameras and offers to like. And give... Cactus is the antagonist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so all even right. I, I hate him so much and his pedophile killing threatening. Well, he also you know tortures people for money and is a general shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to the pedophile <laughs> killing. So okay. he doesn't actually kill him. He threatens to kill him if he doesn't change his ways. And then they go and they have a party. Uh, because they because find he's finally got his papers. He's finally got that's his papers. Right, yeah, right. and so it's all like chums all along, uh, but um, they go bowling. They go bowling. Point. Yeah, they go bowling. They they do a bunch of stuff together. Like they they do just... they do coke. No, and no, touch no. Penises? Do they do they actually? What do they do drugs at any point? Because I don't think they do. They don't do drugs. Yeah. No. They... they. It seems like that'd be an easy way to code them as bad guys. Like just have yeah, them yeah, do yeah. drugs. And no. Like, no. Once again, showing yeah. rather than telling. No, no. You get shown how much of an asshole he is to everybody. No, like, he really is. An he ass- really is. Again, an asshole like to Paul Rudd is probably yeah. one of the better parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you watch watch this movie, you will see just what he's okay. going through. Uh, but um eventually it's like the day before and uh, or the day before he's about to leave or he's about to leave and um leo is out of clues but then duck goes off the handle one last time he steals peanuts from a vendor at the mall and goes off at the security guard that's trying to tell him to stop and then yeah and then slaps uh duck in the face and duck decides well he's had enough um he had been the one who'd been giving cryptic text messages to Leo. Uh, but you remember when that was a plot point? I mean, that, that's what he's been getting throughout the whole thing. I, yeah, I know, but it's like they never actually go anywhere until this point where it's like, oh, he's the one who's been doing this? Okay. He was messing with him. Yeah, and yeah. he talks about how he's messing with him, and that's why, why Cactus gets upset at him and slaps him as well. And so he finally, he basically tells Leo through text message where Cactus is going to be. And so Leo picks up the bedpost that he had created uh the lovingly carved and goes to the bar that this all started at where uh cactus is going to be picking up the passport and the papers then he proceeds to beat his way through the entire building uh having a off-screen battle with one of the security guards who picks up a wooden uh, a robot stripper leg yes (laughs) Uh, and they proceed to have an off-screen battle that is presumably fairly epic um, <laughs> but we can only presume because it is off it is screen. off screen uh and then uh knocks out the guy that owns the bar and takes the papers and goes to uh cactus's house also i think we skipped over the part where he steals his boss's car and goes on a ride through the city to oh, follow God. the yeah he follows yeah. the drone or follows the, the flying car yeah um Again, there's just, like, there's set pieces that happen yeah. that, like, lead to dead ends, but it's not really a dead end because there's, like, one extra clue. It's, like, I don't know. I thought it's cool. But I, anyway, 
Um, so he's waiting. He goes to the house, and he uh, and Cactus arrives and realizes that you know Leo is after him and onto him. He goes to this house where all of the operations have been going on so far, and goes down to the basement and finds a body on the table. And it's the Russian mobster that had been tortured earlier. Yeah. And so he releases him. Not a body, because that guy's still alive. Yeah, I mean, it's a human body. It's yeah. a live body. Yeah. Uh, and so he releases the guy and then proceeds to try to search the room looking for Nadira. Uh, and uh, then the Russian mobster climbs up the stairs and uh, Cactus gets home. He, try he wants to put up the, the, the girl with the prostitutes again, but... Um, the U.S. Army is after them, and so, like, they're asking about him right there at the station. So he brings her with, takes her up to her room, because this is, like, in his house. Yeah. Locks the door, locks him, locks her in the, her room, and then goes down to the basement, uh, kills the mobster, just, like, with this huge Bowie knife that he's been carrying around for the whole movie threatening people with. Yep. Uh, and then proceeds to... Um, to tell us why this movie happened. Yeah. So... So, uh, there's this locked-off section of the basement that uh, he gives the key to... Well, we need, the... to actually, we need to actually explain what's going on. Yeah. Because it's like, this is where it's revealed, mm -hmm. what, what has actually been going on. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is about an hour and 40 minutes into a two-hour movie. Mm -hmm. Over two hours. Uh, and at this point, he's like, oh, yeah... She was my wife, mm -hmm. and and this is her daughter, and this is her daughter. Wait, yeah. so Nadira was Nadira was married yeah. to Cactus, yeah. and the daughter is their daughter, yeah, and that's like the thing that she was mm -hmm. going to tell Leo mm -hmm. before she disappeared, yeah. And so was what that... had happening was, uh, he was watching when they were doing the do on the unfinished bed, and snuck into their house, drugged their tea or whatever, and then when they were drugged, he took her back to his apartment. Because she was trying to get custody of the daughter, I think. Yeah. I can't it, imagine why. That's yeah. what's implied. And uh, and proceeds to murder her. Yep. Uh, uh, trapping her in a plastic bag and suffocating her to death. And so she is in a corner, in a bag, in the corner of the basement. And Leo has left the bedpost by the door. So... And then they fight. And they fight. And there's a very graphic scene where Leo is able to deflect the knife that uh, Cactus has and stick it through his throat. Yeah. Making him mute, too. Um, and, oh, that's why it's called mute. Yeah, it's yeah. like a theme. And it's like poetry. It's like rhyme. poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually the part where my grandma had to look away. And yeah, I, I told I, you uh, going into it that it was pretty violent. She yeah. probably didn't want to watch it. No, I, she, she didn't want to watch that part, and I was able to tell her when to look away yeah. and when to not. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a very fairly graphic scene where he sticks this knife right through his throat um, and, and leaves the, him there. And then inexplicably, the movie does not end here. The movie yeah. continues so, for another, like, yeah. 15 minutes. I was thinking that, too. Like, I was like, okay, so he's defeated this guy. He's taking the body. The and... main villain is dead. Or is he? <laughs> because then Duck appears. Okay, yeah. And Duck um, takes, um, goes in, checks on the daughter, who, remember, is still alive and locked in the room. And since this is in Germany, old house in Germany... Uh, the lock is like a key that you remove, so you can't just lock the door from the inside, and you, you take the key with you, you're stuck there. Um, so she's stuck in the room, he looks, he goes down, he talks with, or talks at, the dying cactus, and basically stands there high and mighty over him, refusing to help him. 
saying, oh, we could call an ambulance, oh, but they wouldn't make it in time, uh, and all this kind of stuff, like, like almost taunting him. Yeah. Um, largely because he, I guess, got angry at him for considering being near his daughter. But then he gets angry, like, again. So... So then he takes the key uh, and goes upstairs and unlocks the door with the daughter uh, and then goes outside to where Leo is uh, cradling the body of Nadira and then punches him out. And then the three of them go on a road trip. Uh, <laughs> Wait, the daughter, the pedophile, and Leo go on a road yeah, trip? Kind yes. of. So they get into the car and um, they go on a road trip to... Uh, like, like the daughter doesn't really know what's going on. She, she's completely mute through the most of the movie, uh, and doesn't have a single line of dialogue to the very end, and doesn't. See, it seems to just go along with everything. Um, like, doesn't really raise any objections. No, no we doesn't we, ask questions about where her father is. We skipped over something. We oh, skipped over something. Oh, what did we skip? We skipped over the part where he co- he does surgery. On Leo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he takes him to his uh, his surgery, and he gives him a artificial voice box. So Leo now has an artificial voice box, and he's pleading him to apologize to him for killing yeah. Cactus. That's why they go on the road trip. Yeah. So so he takes him, and he gives him this, and he wants Leo to say, I'm sorry. Yes. But Leo is not sorry. Even though, again, he had the opportunity to save this guy, and he doesn't take it. So, no. again, doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, so Leo is not sorry. He is not going to apologize for killing the person that killed his uh, girlfriend. Um, and so then they go on a road trip. Also, there's a bit where it's kind of implied that it's like, oh, it's his pride. He's not going to use this technology Mm -hmm. because Amish, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so they, the road trip stops by a Lunar Industries refueling station. Yep. Because we got (laughs) to shove another reference into the movie. Like, like, about a much better movie. (laughs) There, there are like three references to Moon. There's that, there's There's, a scene where the the TV is on the TV. Spiegel where it's... Okay, well, you just spoiled Noon. Thank you. Well, <laughs> and then there's a... I'll cut that out. I will cut that out. Yeah. Um, is, is yelling at this. Is, ye- is yeah. And, um, and then there's another thing where there's like a ticker tape news thing broadcast talking about it. But anyway. And there's also a poster about what's going on with the yeah. events of Moon in the background of a couple scenes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, fast forward, the location, the end of the road is a bridge. And uh, Cactus takes him there and says, that picture you have of, of Nadira was taken by me on this bridge overlooking this lake. And then he unlocks the gate and he's like, I want you to apologize or I'm going to push you off this bridge. But then Leo, who all through the movie had been practicing swimming, grabs him, jumps off the bridge, and then drowns, drowns Duck. Yep. And Duck is drowning in the lake and Leo lives. Yep. And then... And that's the end of the movie? Nope. Almost. Nope. Oh, my God. It keeps I've been listening going. to this for 40 because, minutes. Because... I have an entire Zen tangle that I've finished. You oh, finished? Shit, on the back of somebody... No, I'm, like, halfway done. Oh. Oh, and I wrote on the back of somebody's card from Fate. Oh, it's fine. Uh, I think it's the back of your card, actually. Oh, okay, cool. I, I feel um, less bad now. No, that's Ashley's, actually. Um, oh, shit. So, anyway. So, anyway. No, that's not the end of the movie. Because then the little girl comes over to the edge of the bridge... And she says her line of, Leo, are you okay? 
And he's like, no, no. He's like moving with his hands. Yeah. And then he eventually shouts at her to get away. Even though she's not really in any danger. Like she's not like, it doesn't look like she's precarious. She's just kind of like poking her head over the side. That's still a precarious situation. You don't want a kid to be in. Maybe, but still. I wouldn't want a kid to be in that situation. It didn't look that dangerous to me. Like they, they could have, with the language of film, they could have made it appear more dangerous. It looked like she was getting closer to the edge. Um, Like, like, no, it it did. Like it, it showed her kind of scooting a little closer. It was like, eh. But then he finally just shouts out, oh, get away, and he yeah. uses the voice box. Mm-hmm. And so oh he, fi- he finally speaks his line of dialogue, and then there they you- have to show them taking, you know, they, they're going to drive to the grandma and mm-hmm. drop her off with the grandma that he found over the course of the investigation. And that's where they end the movie, having, like, breakfast or something in a Waffle House. Yep. Oh, my God. In a fucking Waffle House? It's not a, like a Waffle House, but like a, like a, it's like a diner of some yeah. sort. Something like that. So yeah, that's mute. So that's mute. Uh, I thought it was better than the way I described it. I um, thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then through the course of like describing it, you're like, oh, this movie is terrible. It's not terrible. It's not. It's not terrible. That's the thing. No, it's, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. Not as it's, bad as you think. It's not as bad as Bright was. Um, oh, I mean, it's hard okay, to be as bad as Bright. Like that's a low bar. You want to set It is a very there. low our, bar, our, but it is our, one that is handled. Have taken shits that were less. Bad than bright is I, I okay. Think, I like think, just to put I that. I think in this movie is a bit higher than that yeah, bar that's but set I'm by saying bright. It clears that bar, it clears it with ease, but mm. it, it's a low bar, but it clears it. Uh. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's got some pretty interesting visuals, like the world building's all right, but it's just kind of like it's it's Blade Runner, like it's clearly like ripped off, like all the visuals. Well, I mean, it's inspired by Blade yeah. Runner, just like how you know Moon is inspired fun? by by yeah. 2001. You know, it'd be really nice a cyberpunk movie that doesn't have a really dark color scheme. Yeah, like a cyberpunk movie where there are fucking lights. You there should, are lights. They're or... neon. You should watch uh, Blade <laughs> Runner 2049. <laughs> what? Blade Runner 2049 does not is not dark all the time. Okay. Um, which like maybe there's a park someplace, or maybe there's like some colors and natural light. Like I don't understand. Like why is steam like not steam? Why is cyberpunk like always? Mm. I mean, I guess well, it has to it's do always, with like it's a dystopian and dystopia. It's always and night in the future. It's always night, it's in, always the future, night in the future, and it's always raining. It's never Christmas. It's never Christmas. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's mute. It was a movie. I thought it was an all right movie. It, it was. It was okay. It, it certainly had its moments. Like I said. Paul Rudd, like the the movie shines when it's just like Paul Rudd, Rudd and his friend. Mm-hmm. Like those are pretty good scenes. Those um, are good scenes. Um, and it's like, well, I wish I, that like... I understood the villain's motivation like more than like five minutes before he's killed, because mm. it's kind of like, oh, oh, that's why we keep cutting back to this character. Oh, he's the villain. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, oh, there's still twenty minutes yeah. left of this movie. It has a like the the biggest thing I like. Nadira's character is there to be killed. Yeah. Like it she, she's she is the <laughs> ultimate woman in a refrigerator. Yeah. Like that is <laughs> that so, is the most So that is my big complaint with this movie, but She's literally in a refrigerator, isn't she? No, the, no, 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 no. No, they, he thinks he's gonna they, be in the yeah, yeah, they kinda fake they you they out. They kinda fake that. you out with they he thinks that she's gonna be in the fridge, but she isn't. Um but yeah, no, like like that's that's my big complaint for this film. Other than that, I thought it was a, a fair thoroughly decent film. Oh, and then Duncan Jones dedicated it to his parents. Yep. So, David Bowie deserves better. Uh, he did, did deserve better than that. His son has directed better movies. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, 
Uh, what else? There was another so, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dennis so Villeneuve. Dennis Villeneuve or Villeneuve. I, I I don't know how to pronounce it. The guy who directed Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, what else did he direct? He well, we talked about that last week. He's also directed. Um, what was the other one that he directed that I really liked? Um, oh, Arrival. Duh. Oh yeah, Arrival uh, was really good. He's and... also yeah, he's also going to be directing uh, two Dune movies, which we talked about the other day. Oh, uh, and we were gonna sorry. Oh, we also... I was gonna say we were also gonna talk about the the new BBC His Dark Materials. Oh yeah. Uh, series. Well, yeah, new. I mean, there's not really much to say about it other than it's happening. Hey, it's a point. series. It's starring Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, is and, it? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't is, remember who he's is, playing. Is he going to be in the uh, the role that was played by um, Daniel Craig in the movie that I no one know, watched? Probably, maybe. I saw that movie. I it didn't. was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the Dune reboots. I will. I will continue to watch adaptations of Dune forever because Dune's fucking rad. Um, that's good that's cool. yeah that's great uh and the other thing i did watch one other movie that i forgot to mention okay. i watched a good netflix original holy shit oh yeah oh my god so after talking bitching and complaining about mute for the last hour um i also watched the ritual the ritual was fucking great um it's a british horror uh the premise is there's this group of friends and they're like talking about oh we're gonna go on holiday where are we gonna go mates blah, blah, blah. Um, being very british uh and one of the friends is like oh, i want to really gonna go hiking in sweden like what hiking in sweden like we could go literally any place else why do you want to go hiking in sweden and he's like well it's just it's something i've always wanted to do you know i kind of want to push myself they're like they're getting into middle age. They're like late thirties. They've been friends for a long time. And it's like, I don't know. Just kind of want to get away and go do this thing. And so he and another friend go, go for uh, go out to the liquor store and they're still talking about it. And in the midst of this conversation, the liquor store gets robbed. And the guy who wants to go to Sweden um, refuses to give the burglar or the, the, the robbers his wedding ring and so one of the robbers like flips out and kills him. The other friend is kind of hiding behind one of the rows while this is happening. And so he feels like an immense amount of guilt. Mm -hmm. A year later, the rest of the friend group goes to Sweden uh, on a hike to like kind of commemorate the friend. Like in honor, yeah. honor of our friend, we're going to go hiking in Sweden because he really wanted to do that. And that was like literally the last thing that we were talking about before he was killed. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the other friends, um, like, steps on something wrong and, like, rolls his ankle and can't walk. And so they're like, well, shit. We're out in the middle of fucking nowhere in Sweden. We don't have cell phone reception, which is something I always appreciate um, when they, like, explain that. Like, no, we're, we're literally nowhere. We have no cell reception. We have to walk back. Um, well, we can't do that tonight. Well, look, there's this cabin off, off, in, off the trail oh, over there. No. So they go there. No, cabins. don't you know you're in a horror film? Why <laughs> they, they are don't. you going to the cabin? So they go. They 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 are literally go anywhere. Would else. you go any? I mean, where else is there to if go? If I knew I was in a fucking, you horror don't film, know you're in a horror, horror film. How do I not know that I'm in so, a horror film? So they're out. They're they're out on <laughs> the moor. Explain to me how I don't know. Okay. At least at least. You could be in a horror film right now. Yeah, and sure. I'm not gonna go to a cabin in a fucking way. You don't have to be. You're in a house. Fair enough. So, All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna go grab a knife. We're gonna stand in the middle of the room back to back right. until the murderer comes. 
and will die. Yeah, like the radio. Once it been <laughs> the radio. Uh, the radio report that we just heard, but not, not just, just, just heard. heard. <laughs> um, Sorry, there was more community. community yep. Okay. So, uh, what was this? So basically, they're out in the middle of of this like huge open space. They see off in the distance in this like forest. There's this cabin. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, we can probably get there before nightfall. So let's go there. We'll spend the night and we'll make our way back out and go find help in the morning. Um, and there's these creepy runes and there's this creepy statue. And I don't want to go. I don't want to spoil this one because this one like just came out. Yeah, I kind of want to watch this one too. I've heard a few things it's about this. Fucking great. Oh, good. Um, it's really good. Like you, it's not like a whole bunch of jump scares. It's all like psychological horror. There's a little bit of gore, but most of the really like terrible stuff is just kind of implied. Like you see the after effects of like the gore. Mm. You don't see things actually happening. Um, this is another one of like, there's a really amazing creature design, but it's like, guess what? You never get to see it. <laughs> you catch like little glimpses of it. And like the more you look at it, it's like, Oh, Oh, that's creepy. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, now it's gone. <laughs> um, but then, like, you see little gl- glimpses of this monster towards the end, and it's like, it's it's a great, great monster design. Oh, I would recommend watching the movie first and then, like, getting a better, like, Googling, like, the ritual monster after you've actually watched it so you okay. can kind of appreciate the design a little bit better. Okay. Because it's one of those things where it's, like, it's worth seeing. It's very it's, – it's not quite Lovecraftian. It kind of reminded me – I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what it reminded me of, but it's like maybe a little bit like the witch in terms of atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Is it something like more like a Blair Witch, like not found footage, but like Blair Witch kind of thing? Not really, because like nothing fucking happens in the Blair Witch movies. Okay. (laughs) Even the people who like them kind of say that. So I don't think I'm be, that's like, that's not a hot take. That's just like a truth. I'm just looking at the, the, the TV tropes page for it. And it says, uh, it has been described as the love child between the Blair Witch Project and the Wicker Man from the 73. There's a bit of Rick Wicker Man okay. in it. I could say that. it. It's certainly got a slow buildup. Mm-hmm. But, like, more things happen than the Blair Witch. Like, because the Blair Witch, nothing happens until, like, the very, very end. Mm-hmm. They, like, build up a little bit faster than that. Where it's like, oh, you're seeing these things. And, like people are kind of getting picked off before the final end. Cause the end focuses. I'm not, I don't, don't talk too about much it away, but yeah, but... It, it basically you kind of get boiled down to the end to like one character. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. that's another really good thing to check out. Speak, on speaking of Scandinavian films or films set in Scandinavia. And also I guess found footage, although only tangentially. Oh, really. yeah. We need to watch Troll Hunter. Yeah. We need to watch Troll Hunter again. I, or I guess for you the first, first time. First time. I yeah. still haven't watched it. We need to do this, Nick. Yeah. Elise, you're invited too. Uh... <laughs> it's gotta oh, happen. Oh shit, it's like 9.30 already. Yeah. Um, I will, you wanted me to stay late, so I know, I know. So that means we have to wrap this up, so we can watch you watch, watch two episodes of Bob's Burgers, All right. at least one episode. Well, there's 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 a few more things I want to talk about before right. we get to the web comedy. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, it's right. it's just just a little actual news for the two of you, actually. Okay. Oh. Um. So. Oh, it's about me. I'm interested. So I actually went ahead and I, I bought a game recently. Person. Okay. I was okay. hoping it had arrived today, but it's going to arrive Friday. Um, but it's called Raspberry Heaven. It's okay. by the person that did the translation for Golden Sky Stories. Oh. Which, speaking of Golden Sky Stories, there's a Kickstarter going on right now yes. for the second Golden Sky Stories book. You all should check that out. It's really cool. 
Um, if I think we've talked about Golden Sky Stories before I'm on the podcast. Pretty sure we've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. But anyway, this this is a let, let me just read the um the thing. It's a card game. Um but it's a it's let me just read it here. Raspberry Heaven is a heartwarming freeform RPG of everyday life in a high, as a high school girl and it draws anime from four panel slice of life manga like Azumanga Daio and uh, Hidemari and Sketch. I love Azumanga Daio. Uh, the game helps you play out a variety of scenes from everyday life with a set of pre made characters. Get together with a few friends, and in 30 minutes or more, you can experience your own funny or and hot heart roaming schoolgirl stories. The card version consists of sets of cards, scene cards, character cards, and so on. But who will spend time with Monica? <laughs> <laughs> we all will. We all will. We can't help it. Uh, but but no, this this is something that I thought was right up you guys' alley. Yeah, no, that sounds like something we would enjoy. And since I know you guys have a lot of card games that you like playing, I figured I'd, I'd get this for you guys. What's it called again? It's called Raspberry Heaven. Raspberry Heaven. Yeah, okay. it's, you can order it from drivethroughcards.com. Uh, drive will Monica be there? No, Monica will not be there. <laughs> this is not a horror thing. <laughs> it could be. We can make it. I, I suppose you. I don't know. I don't. It, it seems but much more kind of slice of life harmony. Mm-hmm. You seem to want to talk about Doki Doki. Do you want to talk about Doki Doki? Because <laughs> we could stay another thirty minutes and talk about Doki no, Doki. No, no, no. I just wanted to make fun of you. All right. You wanted to make fun of me. Why do you want to do that? Because that's what that's I the broke kind of... Alex. Aww. I didn't mean to break Alex. It's just I'm just mean. You broke me earlier I'm when you wanted me to bring a pie. Person. You wanted me to bring a pie earlier. Oh, that's right. I was like, when did we talk about that? I'm like, oh, that happened off podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean to break you. I was just trying to use sarcasm to get pie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the most Elise thing I think has that has ever been recorded on this podcast. That's the most honest Elise moment that we've ever recorded. <laughs> Like everything you need to know about me. <laughs> uh, so let's see. What's like, anything? Anything coming up? I still never year? got that pie. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. No, don't be upset. Don't I could order a gluten-free pie from a, a baker that sells it, and they can deliver it in two days. We could have it on D and D night. D and D pie. Um. All right. So anything? Anything else coming up? Anywhere coming out, or anything on the horizon that we're excited about? Uh, not that I'm aware of, not that I know of. I'm gonna uh, go back to playing more Bloodborne. Uh, okay, and playing more. I also started. Have I been playing any new games? I've been playing a game called um, Pike and Shot Campaigns, which is like a tactical strategy historic military game. But <laughs> someone posted something on one of the uh, the Facebook groups that we're a member of about like. Call of Duty, Seven Years War, Call of Duty, oh, yeah, Napoleonic yeah. Oh Call, of, Call of Duty, Napoleonic I Warfare. Like, I was like, oh my god, you're actually <laughs> describing a Call of Duty game that I would buy. <laughs> Call of Duty, Thirty Years War. You, I would you, buy. You stand in a Terrico with a bunch of other pikemen and you get shot. That's the <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. All right. Call of Duty, Franco-Prussian War. <laughs> Can- Paris is under siege. Oh my god. Oh, no, Call just- of Duty Prayers Commune. No, 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 no. No, to- Call of Duty. Let's go back to the uh let's go back to the uh the Franco-Prussian War yeah. where it's it's just um the uh I think it's the Guy de Maupassant short story Two Friends <laughs> where it's like a fishing simulator and then at the end of it you get shot. <laughs> I'd play that. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I- Oh my god. 
Okay, Alex. Alex <laughs> like, I, I can't. I can't at this point. What? What can't you? What can't you? I, just, I, can't, I can't. I fucking can't with either of you. I just. I'm not even looking at you guys right now. I know that you're laughing. Just, 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 just. Les Miserables, Call of Duty. Ah, oh, damn it! Damn it! I hate both of you. Call of Duty oh as the Can July you hear the people sing, singing the song <laughs> of angry noobs. <laughs> By the by the uh, by the Javert DLC to be able to play as the other side. <laughs> oh my god! You get like you get the thing up in the top corner that tells you who's killed who, and it's like no one bridge Javert. <laughs> yes. All right, I think that's where I we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only Call of Duty game that uh, is going to feature Rock Band expansions. Like, <laughs> you can plug the microphone into your Xbox and sing along with the rest of the cast. <laughs> I'd play that. Activision, hire us. Is it Activision? <laughs> it's Activision. Yeah. Yeah. Hire us. <laughs> First one's free. Uh, no, pay us, though. We got a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, we promise we promise we have more ideas than just Call of Duty Lame Miserables. Well, I mean Activision only has like Call of Duty over and over and over again. Did you see the thing that where they like the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 got announced and they're like they've been doing like Roman numerals? Yeah. And so for four it's just four, four. slashes. <laughs> We don't know what a Roman numeral four looks like. I just put four ones. Yep. Oh my god! <laughs> Good enough. Oh my god! Are you it, serious? Yeah. yeah. It probably is not uh, that reason. We never should have stopped teaching Latin in schools. Yeah. Now, I will be fair. I have seen old time clocks that will have four eyes yeah, as before instead of the the IV. Um, so maybe they just looked at the very the wrong grandfather clock that the, someone happened to Perhaps. have. Perhaps. Although I did hear someone say in relation to that that apparently. Um, uh, subtractive numerals were less common in ancient Rome. Wow, we're getting really like niche with this right now. Maybe we should wrap this up. <laughs> no, we, we should talk more. Oh, now? Go, go oh, more now niche. when we start talking about the the intricacies of using Roman numerals and in, in... Yeah. Yeah, okay. All Let, right. Let's talk about Hindu numerals <laughs> and their use in Arabic. <laughs> Let's talk about, okay, welcome to the, the, the Zero cast. Okay. We're talking about Webcomic of the Week. Everybody oh. shut up. Where every week we talk about the invention of the number zero. In a different language, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Alex, do you have a Webcomic of the Week? I do show? have a Webcomic right, of the Week. Let's, okay. let's do that and wrap this up before Elise goes crazy. Uh, too late. Um. <laughs> Elise, for the, viewer, for, the, for the listeners at home, Elise just held up the doodle she was been doing. We can take a picture of that and make that our... our... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Make it happen. All right, okay. webcomic. Webcomic of the week. Okay, the webcomic of this week is Selkie. Have I talked about this one? No. Uh, I don't think so. All right, but so, we know what a Selkie is. So you know what a Selkie is, but this is not that type it's of Selkie. It's a seal, right? It's a person that turns into a loose seal. A loose seal? That is what a Selkie is <laughs> in Irish mythology. A loose seal. Okay, go on. We've been also watching, watching a lot, lot of, of Arrested Development. Okay. That is what a uh, Selkie is in Irish mythology. That is not, however, what Selkie is in this webcomic. Okay. Uh, although it is tangentially related. So, um, Selkie is about uh, a little girl named Selkie who is a, a not a human. Uh, Does she turn into a loose seal? No. She is a Sarnathi <laughs> from Sarnath. Then why is it fucking? 
movie called Sardath? What? Nothing. Because her, her name is Selkie. Her name is Selkie. So her name. So she is actually a, was an orphan. She's she's an orphan in this orphanage Aww. of humans, and nobody knows. Everyone thinks that she's got like this genetic condition. Uh, she's got this genetic condition. They're they're out by like, I think it's like Calumet City or something somewhere up in up near the Great Lakes, um, and so she is adopted by this uh, this man named Todd Smith. Uh, Todd is. Uh, you know, interesting. He's he's interesting in adopting a daughter. He's the lead singer of Dog Fashion Disco. Uh, I suppose. Uh, I think he's an architect. Actually, it doesn't really matter. But um, the point is that he. It's a kind of a slice of life thing about them and uh, and how you know the adoption goes. And eventually, it's discovered that no, she doesn't have this uh, genetic condition or this this uh, disease. She is actually another species. And it's discovered that there is this. Uh, the city estate that is underneath the Great Lakes uh, called Sarnath, named after H.P. Lovecraft's The Doom That Came to yeah. Sarnath, um, that she is from and uh, was abandoned there after this some kind of This is literally just happened. the opposite of the Futurama. I, I was thinking point. it sounded more like uh, like a sequel to Final Sacrifice. Uh, the the, the uh, Mystery Science Theater movie with uh, Zap Rousdauer. Where they're looking for the the secret city of the ancients somewhere in Manitoba. Okay. Never seen that one? So, okay, interestingly no, no. enough, another friend has told me about this one. I have yet to actually watch it. Um, but now that two friends have independently talked about this Mystery Science Theater really episode, I should watch it. The time is 6-4, apparently. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, uh, you meet with his his family, and apparently his whole family is adopted. Like Like, he was adopted... His grandparents were adopted, like, going all the way back. So it's kind of a family tradition to adopt a child. Gotcha. Uh, and it's about them, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the differences. Like, for example, she cannot eat vegetables or she gets sick. Um, uh, she has to kind of wash water through her gills, like, once a day or something like that. So there's, there's a lot of stuff like that. But then also there's some drama when it's discovered that the reason why she was on land is there is some kind of coup that took place in her homeland and they're trying to deal with refugees. Uh, so yeah, it's a good story. The drawing, uh, the art style starts out a little, um, rough, but it gets better over the course of the thing. And, uh, it is really, um, a good kind of slice of life slash adventure kind of thing, but it's, it's about this girl growing up. Uh, so that, that is Selkie. And I highly recommend it. All right. All right. Well, I think that's going to be our podcast for this week, guys. So thanks for sticking in with us. Uh, go watch good movies. Go see uh, if, if uh, Annihilation is still playing near you. When you hear this, go see it, please. Yeah. Because I, I will need everyone to be able to talk about this movie with me. I, I do. I do want to watch Annihilation. I also want to watch The Ritual. Um, Ritual is also really good. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, not as good as Annihilation, but still a pretty solid horror movie. All right. And you need to watch Troll Hunter. I do need to watch Troll Hunter. That's been on my to-watch list it's for God. years now. I need to find time to watch a movie with with subtitles. Like, that's my big thing is I'm usually doing something else when I have movies on. I can't do that. Like, yeah. I can't multitask and watch a movie. I just can't pay attention that way. That's really the only time that I have time to watch a movie yeah. is if I'm in the middle of, like, work. But yeah. So, all right. So, thank you very much for listening, everybody. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And 
This is Some Nerds Have a Podcast. Good night, everybody. Thank you.